Welcome to another episode of Black Men Do Talk, where we have overdue conversations from a black man's perspective. I am one of your hosts, Street Hymns. And I am another one, Caleb Edward Lee Berry. And we have a special co-host today. Come on, somebody. Delilah Crosby. Hello. And the live studio audience, give it up for Make Delilah Crosby. Make some noise. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, uh, man, y'all know enough about us. Miss Delilah Crosby. Talk to us. Off rip. <laughs> Who are you? What are you passionate about? And what are you currently doing? Okay, my name is Delilah Crosby. Um, I am a wife and a mother of six kids. I want to get that right out. Okay. Um, I study law. I study history. I am involved um, with our schools through PTA, which is the Parent Teacher Associations. I've been doing that for literally years. Uh, I like to basically go to legislative sessions, talk to the House of Representatives, our senators, get involved with actual laws, changing them, putting in the ones that we need and whatnot. Um, I come with all the smoke, so I have to give you all a disclaimer. First and foremost, anything I say today is not said as a PTA president. I'm saying that as myself. I will refer to PTA, but I'm not saying it as a PTA president. These are all my own thoughts. Indeed. Thanks. Let's get it. Facts. Okay, 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 okay. Look, so, and also, so well. <laughs> go ahead. Oh. Nah, so uh, I forgot the best part. I'm a father's rights and men's rights activist. Mm. <laughs> Let's go. Hey, wait, wait. Another episode. We got a lot of classes Men now. have First, rights. We got a lot of class on that one too. We're working on them. We have them. <laughs> wow, it's a real thing out here. Who would have thunk? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Shout out America. We're trying to get Let's to the go. smoke session early. Indeed. <laughs> if y'all do got questions, you know what I'm saying, it can keep it to the same, you know, topic or, you know, if you want to ask her some other things. We definitely, For sure. We got a little extra time in the end. We'll definitely go there. Yeah. Um, so as far as what you do for and with the PTA, uh, what exactly are you doing in the funding field of things? Okay, so on the PTA side, that is a parent-teacher um, association. That's a nonprofit. So we raise money to support the schools where the school districts cannot. Um, and so I've been on both spectrums of that. I've been at the Title I schools. Those are lower-income schools that need a lot more funding and help. And I, now I'm at a non-Title I school, so I've seen why they need a PTA to support their programs because they also are missing out on theirs as well. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Okay. So in the conversations I've had with some teachers – um, I thought that it was primarily an issue of lack of funding, but from what I was hearing, it was, no, if we're Title I, the government will send us all the new tech, we'll get all the, the fly stuff, mm -hmm. but the teachers are underpaid. And because the teachers are underpaid, they're not passionate, and the return rate is to the ground like as I think it's like one or two years and after that they're quitting and then moving on because it's like okay um I had one teacher who was from Oklahoma she said I was getting paid thirty thousand dollars a year and the other incentives I was doing was hey you know thirty thousand dollars but hey we'll give you an extra thousand if you coach the basketball team and then we'll give you an extra thousand two two thousand dollars if you yeah. stay after and work on this session and do these things and so she was getting around you know thirty five thousand dollars a year but as she was basically applying, they were like, hey, we'll actually give you some government funding to pay for your college. 
And she said, essentially, the amount of money she had to pay per month was zero because she wasn't making enough. So she couldn't even pay back school in working at school because she wasn't getting paid enough. So, yes, the what teachers are paid are just that's across the lines, Title I or not. They're just not getting paid enough. We have a major teacher shortage shortage right now. And it really comes down to the bond packages, and people don't realize that. And that is actually per district as well. There was a big crisis in Arlington a couple years ago where they wanted to pay um, new hire teachers more than our current teachers. Um, But that comes down to the bond where people are not getting involved, but people like us are allowed to go to our school. That's per school district, each bond. They get the money, and they delegate where it goes to and if you're not in those meetings and if you're not saying hey we need this and if you're not standing up for our teacher which we know no one is showing up Mm -hmm. to these meetings um they're just never going to get their pay but that is a big issue that comes down to the bonds that are in the ISDs in the superintendent's hands can you, can you explain a little bit more of the bonds? What is a bond? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the bond packages are basically the tax monies when you pay your um, school tax. And that money goes to the school um, superintendent and the school board. Mm-hmm. And then they budget it out. But that mm-hmm. has to go through committees that vote, which includes parent representatives. The reason I even learned about this and ended up on it is because they never had volunteers. I was the PTA president, and the principal came up to me and said, Delilah, please go join this. We need some parent volunteers. So that's how I started learning about the bonds in 2014. Um, Arlington alone had $663 million in the bond that I sat in, and we didn't worry about teachers' money or their salaries, we were worried about building fine arts academies and building um, new stadiums and whatnot. They were more interested in facilities. So teachers are getting little raises. And then when the 2018 bond came, they went straight for higher. They needed new teachers so bad. They know these ones already don't want to stay. So they felt like, let's just pay the new ones which had us losing even more teachers. So those bond committee packages, the amount is going to be different every year. I mean, every couple years. Um, But that is who decides where the money goes, is yeah. your school superintendents, the school board, and the parents who show up to those meetings. How often do you see uh, the school board members ever being teachers at one point? So they tried to make the superintendent at least have um, a background with our schools, but the school board members, not really. They're usually just lawyers from our um, yeah. local community, business owners. They have to live in the city, yeah. um, but usually they're just business owners. And Is so a lot issue? of them, yeah, so from what I've heard from different teachers, even my mom, so my mom has been a teacher since I was like third grade, and it's funny because currently she's teaching third grade right now, but she's done elementary, middle school, high school, all of these, you know. Uh, but one of the things I remember her mentioning is she was just saying, like, the school board makes so many decisions without teachers, uh, without any insight from teachers. Or if they do get wow. insight from teachers, they just, like, they do it for, uh, I guess, in a sense, PR. We're, well, we listen to them, but you know what I'm saying? Wow. And so, yeah, and there's a lot of teachers that I've heard of. They are saying they're not in the trenches with us, and they don't get it, and they're making decisions that go completely on the opposite end of what we're actually needing. That is 100% true. That is what's happening. And what I've learned in my experience, and this is why I say I'm not saying this as PTA, I'm saying this as me, these teachers are crying out to parents like me who are going to stand up and speak for them because they can't speak out. HR will threaten them with their careers, literally. So they can't even speak up for what matters. It goes through us. We literally have to stand up for them. Yeah. 
Wow. Wow. Okay. Wow. Uh, so so it's, this is a little <clears throat> confusing because, like, I thought the teaching field was every year you stay, you get a little bit more You get pay. a little bit more. I, th- I heard that, too. So that's another thing. Every bond committee will decide how much of a raise they get every year, what they're going to get, how that's all going to work. I know there was a big um, ordeal where they got a trade-off where they did get a raise. Arlington made it. I believe it was Arlington ISD. They made it look good to the community. And then the teacher started letting me know, well, Delilah, they raised our medical insurance, though. So we're not getting, we're not getting anything more because they raised this, wow. but they gave us this. <laughs> Yes. And then don't get me started on their classrooms. Um, We are constantly helping our teachers uh, in Mansfield. They actually have to change their classrooms every six weeks for the theme. And these teachers will have to reach out to parents. Can you please donate this, donate that? Because I've already spent 500 out of my own pocket. Wow. Wow. I was about to say, I know plenty of teachers like that that literally sacrifice so much of their money for those kids. You know what I'm saying? Because they can't get the funding. Yeah. Now, that, that is wild. So, wait, you said... They have to every six weeks? Every six weeks in Mansfield, they do change the theme. I'm not sure if this is all grade levels, but I know at the elementary level, they change the theme every six Only in elementary? Weeks. Okay. Only elementary. The yes. theme? Like, like of the, the room? room. Of the classroom? Will, like one Space? Week. Yes. 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 You have the, to change the theme. And it the takes. The whole classroom. Yes. Oh, wow. And bro, and even on the creative side, and you know the creative side, it takes money. To create for these kids. Bro, if I was elementary school teacher, theme on this time would be black. <laughs> Next theme would be blue. If you think Bread. the theme, if you think just oh, the theme is bad, <laughs> they also have to buy their own paper to print because they're only allotted so much each month. What? Y'all get allowances for paper? That's yes. Yes. Dang. That's <sighs> wild, fam. That is. Wild. Oh my goodness. Okay. So honestly, I I, I feel like that's why. Shows like um, Abbott Elementary are good for the culture because what I'm realizing is a lot of times if you're outside of a culture, you tend to judge it because you've never experienced it. But I've realized entertainment, especially comedy, has helped people from, especially affluent people, understand somewhat of the urban slash black experience. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if it's taking a tangent, but I, I remember um, Wayne Brady was offended at Dave Chappelle's remarks about him being, you know what I'm saying, uh, whiter than, I think, Brian Gumble. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was an issue because it's, it's like, yo, Dave, white people do not know about our culture. And so what they're learning about our culture is from us. Yeah. And so when you're communicating, not only I myself am white, but Brian Gumble is also white. Like, and I'm whiter than him, they're gonna take and run with that. Mm-hmm. And so, Dave, and this is why Dave Chappelle's a genius, he legitimately um, did the entire Wayne Brady skit on the Dave Chappelle so he could actually help him reallocate that narrative of like, nah, bro, Wayne Brady, you're a real yeah. nigga, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And yeah. it worked. But it, it, it kind of <laughs> just goes to show you that um, through comedy, through entertainment, mm-hmm. we can literally help people that really just don't even understand the dynamic of the black experience slash the urban experience at all. Yeah. I actually want to play a clip from Abbott. It's from the first episode. It's a pilot episode. Um, and it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's, such a great, it's such a great little summation of, of uh, why I love it so much. But yeah. Teachers at a school like Abbott, we have to be able to do it all. We are admin, we are social workers, we are therapists, we are second parents. Hell, sometimes we're even first. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> it sure ain't the money. Mm-hmm. 
I can make more work in the street. Easy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, for sure. Which is also another reason why, like, I, I just brought up the, the question of just, like, how many of those um, people on the board are in this sp- have ever been in a space of a teacher? Because, again, like, my mom, I didn't even think about it as a kid. But now that I'm older, I, I've thought uh, through it some. But she comes home, and she has to love on me, think through my emotions, think through my issues, think through my troubles and stuff like that. Not thinking that she had 40 kids that she just came from, that she had to do the exact same thing, too. You know what I'm saying? And she really put in the time, the work, and the effort in that. Shout out to my mama, man. Like, real, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, for real, for real. And shout out to the teachers, too, like, in general, that are doing this. But, yeah, like, that that is a lot that they are putting into. So I really like that you guys brought up the difference in schools. And what you were saying, for example, Lamar High School did put in, that's in Arlington, they did put in a black history class, but it was an optional class. And it's also a predominantly black school already. They didn't offer that to the other college um, high schools. They just wanted to see how it would work. And of course, there was not enough enrollment, so it easily got scraped. You know, they are trying to bring those things in, but then it also comes to the disparity of funding between the Title I schools and the other schools and what the focus is on for those monies. So while one school is trying to just get a cafeteria, because yes, some schools do not even have their own cafeteria, Another school's getting a roof makeover and new ACs. Wow. Okay, I actually want to read one of the <clears throat> comments that somebody left on um, <laughs> one of our Black Men Do Talk videos. Basically, we're talking about um, Candace Owens and how, you know, for me, I'm like, hey, I'm not a Candace Owens hater. You know, you know at the end of the day, I agree with some of the stuff she says. I disagree with some of the stuff, but I don't, dis- I don't dislike her. And one of Candace Owens' faithful <laughs> commenters, you know what I'm saying, the Candace Brigade, Ignite. you know, one of the Young Turks came through and um, basically said every school district gets the same budget. The problem on the education side is that less talented or qualified teachers chose to teach or stay in those schools. Let's not mention the culture's disdain towards sounding educated with accusations like you sound white. In addition to all this, the lack of positive male role models present in the house. What would you say to this person? Mm. <laughs> First of all, they've clearly never been to a school board meeting or have children in school. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> um, so, one, they're absolutely wrong. Like I said, there's bonds. That's per school district. And that does not go out to the – those um, public taxes do not go to our charter schools or private schools. That is only for the ISDs. Well, that's what we're called in Texas. Um, <laughs> second of all, she touched on um, being too white, speaking white and whatnot. Like I said, at Lamar High School, we don't have those issues. The, the students have white teachers that they love because those white teachers understand how to be their therapists, like they were talking about in Abbott Elementary. Mm. Um, and those teachers at those schools are there because they care. They're not there for, for the, the money. money. Yeah. Um, as for the budget, that goes through the school bonds committee, and it absolutely takes parents showing up to those meetings. Yeah, they can be long and boring, but it is worth everything if you want to retain your teachers at those schools who are willing to push through those barriers at those schools but it also comes to the lack of funding because I want to specifically talk about what happened in Arlington in um, 2017 well that was one issue there's actually two but um, one school which is a title one school was having an air quality issue Sean King from the Daily News actually shared this Um, it made national news and teachers were passing out in front of students students were getting sick 
I mean, you all can Google this. And I was the PTA president that year. And we partnered with Lee Merritt, and we sued the school district. And there was a government umbrella that covered the school district, and we could not get any help. And so the parents finally started... Government umbrella. Break that down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> basically, there's laws that protect us, protect them from, from, being, from being sued. sued. Yeah, from being sued Indeed. by us. And so... Qualified immunity. So we actually... Yes. yes Pretty yeah. much, and they still do. And so at that time, we finally started getting a lot of parents showing up, a lot of professionals showing up to say, hey, this is what's wrong. There's mold under there. There's mold there. And at the same time, Arlington ISD was doing a f- facelift at Martin, which is the richest school. Indeed. Yes, the, at the, the same football time. football stadium. They pushed this issue out the whole year. We lost 13 teachers that year, including our principal. Um, the basketball coach left. She was pregnant. She was terrified of what might happen to her child. There was fracking going on right around the block. So we never found out what happened. They waited until summer, sent all the summer school kids to another campus, fixed everything up. And at the end of the school year, all the teachers called me and were like, Delilah, we've got new systems in here. They fixed everything. All's good now. But they had the money to do it because they were doing a facelift someplace else. But they waited until summer and let everyone get sick at the school. Wow. Yes. Another issue that I saw um, when we talk about funding is they took Rockmore Elementary and they turned it into a fine arts academy. I was furious because this was a, uh, a Title I school, all apartments around it. They went and turned it into this beautiful dual language fine arts academy and they didn't bring those students back. They went oh, and recruited wow. the tr- students they wanted to wow. go there. Um, and then what did they do? They took that bond money and made another elementary and zoned all those kids. So instead of building up the elementary that was already there, they went and just started again. Yes. They made that's a new one for what? those people there. And so it's like that's a school another version thing. of gentrification. When, exactly. So when mm-hmm. they say everyone gets the same budget, that is not true wow. at all. At all. What that are is, you talking about? Wow. What are you talking really? about? What are you talking about? That's wild. <laughs> that is wild. Uh, did you want me to touch on her father engagement? Because I got a lot to say. <laughs> what was that? What was that? The, the, the what? The what? She said something about father's engagement is another problem yeah. in the comment. Oh. oh in so the, in the video? I, I'm pretty sure that was a guy. But, uh, but yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah we, we could cook them later. We can cook okay. them later. Okay. Yeah, what, what was your okay. question? <laughs> no, because, again, I just want to I want the people to, to recognize just how real you are about this. And you've had some, you've been in some legal fights with some folks. Yes. Front lines. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that? Sure, sure. So yeah. I already mentioned the one earlier where we actually sued Arlington ISD, and because of the government umbrella, it went nowhere. Well, this year, um, I'm not at a Title I school, so our PTA is very important. And I've never had a PTA that makes this kind of money, by the way, because I was always at a Title I school. So to mm. see, like, 30000 is like, whoa. But um, it gives a lot of programs, and because they're not Title I, they can't get, like, star practice programs. So we got to go raise the money to invest in that. Well, this year I found out that the president from last year stole all our money. She was stealing straight into her PayPal account, was not paying our bills. Hey, we got yeah. left with 14. We got left with 14. How 000. much did she? How much? Wait, this is somebody that worked for the school. The, the PTA president from last year was stealing money. <laughs> last stole year. our money from the students, from the parents, from the <laughs> teachers. Showed her face all around the school like she did nothing wrong. Forged signatures to try to get away with it. But I wasn't about to deal with that small amount of money in our account. So I did my own investigation. So you were the one who she basically... brought the smoke. 
got to like you, 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 you saw it, sought it out, and then found out she was the issue. Yeah, did to your research. That's and what's up. That also took forever to be done because once again, the school district doesn't want bad news on them. The PTA doesn't want bad news. So we knew this in August, September. She didn't get arrested till January, and the only reason she got arrested is because we had to find someone to post it on Facebook, and then everybody was like. Oh, my God, everybody knows now. Now we wow. got to do something about it. They did not charge her for the right amount. So I'm dealing with the prosecutor myself to make sure all charges are filed on her. Mm. It's, it's just school politics are way more than people think. That's how I know that person who made the comment has zero experience. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Man, you about this. Yes. Yeah. So that's why I say with PTA, I cannot speak as a PTA person because they're always trying to find a way to get me out of here because I'm the one that's going to fight against every little thing I know is wrong. Um, right now, I know that Mansfield ISD paid for a uh, bus to send our PTA leaders down to Austin, but they didn't want to pay for our CPA to track all the charges. Indeed. Okay. Wow. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so, man, I kind of want to touch on this. I hope it doesn't go too left if we do that, you know. <laughs> No we pun intended. Right. <laughs> um, but essentially, is this connected to or possibly in any connection to what just happened at UTA where they, where, they, with, where they recently just got rid of the whole DEI program? Oh, yeah. So Diversity, equity, and inclusion. I learned that the other day. Yeah. So that is actually where I go to college is UTA. So okay. that's funny you said that. So not as a student. This is me <clears throat> as myself again. Um, they may have said they got rid of it, but they have definitely not. Okay, uh, so it's still there. Oh, yeah. This campus is going, they're, they're on fire right now with it. They're getting everything done that needs to be done. I believe that's how we started getting the uh, programs at Lamar High School and the other schools is we actually had professors from our um, UTA head to those schools and whatnot. Okay. Um, even if, I can't say they're... I didn't know they got rid of it. I must have missed this, something. This, this just like they just fired. Two days ago. This two, two or four days ago. Okay, so I was about to say I haven't even yeah. heard that yet. Did anybody um, else know about that? They had some kind of number came out two weeks ago. Yeah, Greg Abbott. Yeah. 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 So essentially, they got they they got rid of it because it was discriminating against, against certain, huh? That's what he said. Is it? Is it? I was gonna say certain, certain 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 demographic of. Oh, that Abbott said white. Well, with Abbott said what? Nice. All right, so it was discriminating <laughs> against cis white males. Cis, cis white did you say cis? cis each is, as they, as they say. <laughs> oh, yeah, the left. Cis white males. Oh, the liberal dialogue. Nah. Um, <laughs> nah, so, uh, so it's, it's interesting. I, I don't know. For me, I'm like, because uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it seems like the whole fight against... CRT, which I'm still trying to figure out what the whole thing is, yeah. is about. The now diversity, equity, and diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, I'm, I'm like, okay, how much of this, if if at any at all, are you seeing as a race issue? All of it, all of it, really. I mean, why wouldn't we want a Chris, um, DEI? You know, um, it is fully. Well, I, I don't want to sound offensive to anyone, but white people feel like something's being taken from them. Hmm. It's really what it is. Hmm. Um, there's a group called, sorry guys, True Texas Project out in Ellis County that fights tooth and nail to keep these programs out of schools. And they specifically always name um, Black Lives Matter. And so you know that it's clearly about race for them, you mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. um, as for DEI, 
at UTA, let me tell you that campus finds a way around everything. Yeah. <laughs> they find a way around everything. So uh, that's very new to me. I actually did not yeah. know that happened. Yeah. And I'm involved with school politics. So, I mean, they just fired last year's. They made him. They oh, impeached. Texas A&M. I'm sorry. Okay, okay. That's how I was like, how did I not know this? Yeah, Texas A&M oh, systems okay. removing DEI statements from employment. Wow. Yeah. So okay. Wow. I thought yeah, I say UTA. Okay. Yeah. Wow. yeah. You say wow. what? That's on brand for A&M. That's, oh, that's, that's, that's on brand? That's yeah. business as usual. Okay, Oof. say less. Okay, indeed. Yeah. Well, indeed, man. indeed. Man, okay. Can you, uh, so two things. One, so you, you brought up the um, uh, Title I schooling. Yes. Uh, can you can you break Hood that schools. down just a little bit? Hood school. Just so we can. And, that, and that's what I kind of assumed, but that's I was just like, let is. me make sure, because. Yeah. Schools in the hood. <laughs> Where they got so free lunch. The, they take the... Um, amount of students and their family incomes and uh -huh. that's how they determine if it's a if title, it's title one, one. Okay. and if it's a title one school they make sure that even if you're not a lower income family everyone's going to get free breakfast at that school and mm. they're everyone's going to get certain things at those type of schools and sometimes people take advantage of that as well um i have heard some disturbing comments that's another reason i do pta i have overheard a fellow um, pta board member make comments that she likes her kids in the title one schools because she knows those kids' parents don't care, so her kids are going to get all the scholarships. And that's what I told him. I'm never leaving. You need people like us on PTA. Wow. You feel like it's not for you. You don't fit in. That's the whole point. Get wow. on your PTA. Get in some control and some politics. You have a lot more power. Oh, yeah. wow. People are. So, so being on PTA Ugh. directly impacts where funding goes. So... Or that, is it long, the, long term? So you, get, you start push. getting, because of PTA, you start getting involved in those things. You hear things first before everyone else. You get invited to, they can't find volunteers, so they call you like, hey, do you want to join this committee? And that's how you end up like climbing those stairs. PTA is a nonprofit, so you do um, sign an ethics policy as a PTA <coughs> person, so you can't go around and say, I'm PTA, so you can't do this. But, you know, you start building those relationships and those connections, whereas yourself, you can go out and speak to those people about the committees and whatnot. And I'm known as that person teachers come to me with every horror story you can think of mm. and I'm whew, sometimes it's overwhelming because I feel like a one person like war <laughs> by yeah. myself and right but yeah they just come to me with all kinds of things and sometimes I'm like I'll direct you to the next person that can help I'll direct you there um, and then some of them I'll go full force ahead and go very hard for them um, to fix what needs to be fixed like urgently you know but it's very hard because there's not enough of us doing it so but you, you do influence those kind of decisions for mm -hmm. sure okay. Mm -hmm. okay so you're saying there's not a lot of parents doing this <sighs> why do you why do you think that's the case? Have there's you had a, any conversations? Yeah, so there's a stigma just around these type of things. Um, especially PTA has the stigma that it's for white, wealthy women. It consumes a lot of time. I will say... That's how it is in the movies. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and yeah. the shows. But let me tell you, if you've ever seen Bad Moms, that's my board. We are fun. We are all uh, minorities. Uh, we are all very invested. Like I said, we <clears throat> fought very hard to have last year's president arrested, and we demanded arrest. She could have just paid us back. That's what they wanted us to do. And I said, no right is right and wrong is wrong if it was any of us we would have been arrested you know now as for the committees on the schools i recommend it but yes those meetings are boring but they're not often like i did the calendar committee we had three meetings this year that was all it took it's a little boring but it is what it is you mm -hmm. know if you can invest a little bit of your time we can create major change but it's for me to get people to even join pta i'm lucky i'm influential and 
pretty much everyone says yes to me. But honestly, to get someone to join a PTA board and start speaking out and going after the right things, it's like pulling teeth. Yeah. <laughs> it's like pulling teeth. And people mm -hmm. think that they're going to have to spend hours doing this. You don't have to spend hours, I promise, if you don't want to. As the president, yeah, if you go and be a president, I'm warning you. It's like a full-time job. <laughs> for but sure. any other position, I mean, it's just a couple hours of your time to fight for our teachers, our schools, especially our Title I schools. I just... That's why I stay on PTA. Their motto is every child, one voice. I don't believe it's every child, one voice. So that's why I'm here to make sure it's every child, every one, child voice. one voice. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, before we get to smoke session, break down the copy of that. Uh, was it a oh, bill? bill? Yes. Okay. Okay. So Senate Bill 176. Don't quote me because I don't have it. It's in my phone. Um, so that is a bill that just came out this year. It's for school choice vouchers, and there it, mm. it is Republican-backed. So not, I mean, I'm sure there's some Democrats who like it, but it is a Republican-backed bill. It is a big deal because it is going to, the whole reason is because of CRT and DEI and also um, the, tra uh, the gender affirmation in schools. So people want the choice to be able to take their taxes mm -hmm. and put it at the school where they want to, specifically private schools that don't have any sort of testing limits, no type of, you can't control what they do in their private schools. And so PTA, this was a great thing. They were against it. They went and advocated against it because that absolutely is going to take from our public schools. And then once you start taking from the school district, what schools do you think they're going to start taking from first? The Title mm, I schools to make yeah. sure that these parents are happy at these schools because they've always had these programs. So can't start losing those programs or those parents are going to leave with their tax monies and go elsewhere. So, so essentially, if, 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 if I didn't like something that my public school was teaching, it's like, yo, I don't want to go here. And because I pay my taxes, I should have the right to send my kid where I want to go. And so by having the choice, I can send them to a certain school and they, then be funded. Yes. By the government. Yes. Wow. They, it's in, in fact, it'll be a voucher. And you'll basically put it into a savings account for the school that you want That's to go to. You get a golden ticket? You get basically. Oh. Yes. And that was like, what, 10 Gs? Um, I was actually it 10 don't grand know or? the amount. There's no amounts on there, so that's a whole other issue right there because it's going to go by. Okay, you know, where did we see that ten thousand at today? So from what I, for, I, I thought it, I thought it was on that on that uh, the document you sent, uh, the article you sent. It said was the amount it takes to send a kid through school per okay, year is ten thousand dollars. Yeah, the estimated amount. Yeah, I get what you're saying. So for yeah. each child, yes, I got you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's like it's like you, it's like kind of like the stimulus. It's like just give my just give my I do what I want with it. Yep, exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just give my ten Gs. I do what I want with it. You know what I'm saying? That's wild, man. Yes. Indeed. Okay. Well, uh, and if that passed, that's going to be this year. So if you're against it, you should be talking to your senators, your representatives. A lot of people think you can't reach these people. Yes, you can. It's very easy. I talk to them all the time. They ain't nobody but our neighbors. <laughs> wow. See, they right outside. Okay. Yes. Well, uh, y'all know what time it is. If I can find a button. Oh, I do, <laughs> do you hear you over there doing a button? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, y'all. Y'all know what time it is. This is the time where we get some... So I almost started it off real bad. If you got questions, comments, concerns, please bring it up to the smoke session. We got the hot seat up here ready for y'all. I have no idea. My brain is... My brain went everywhere. Indeed. <laughs> Oh yes, my God. Anybody ahead. from the live studio audience? First of all, live studio audience makes some noise. Thank y'all for being here. Absolutely. If you got anything you want to ask Miss Delilah or comment on your experience as a student, teacher, etc., or PTA member, you got any PTA members in the building? Oh, wow. Wait, teachers can be on a PTA? He, he sponsors the Dad's Club. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Let me make it clear. You don't have to be a, a parent. The communities can join. Your business can join. Oh. Anybody can join. Yeah. Grandparents, aunts, sisters, anybody can join our Say PTAs. Less. That gives you a voice. You get to vote on things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, look at that. I, I, I can get involved. You feel me? Let's get it. Let's get it. Okay, okay, okay. Get on the hot seat. You, you were great. Come on, Ty. Come on, Ty. Yeah, I want to hear all those complaints. Talk. Up there. Oh, nah, you were excited. Come on. No you qu- were telling me before the show was great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, come that on, come on. You work at t- who works who works at Title One? Oh, did oh yeah, indeed. How, how long you worked there? Oh, you you did the long run. Thank you. Well, shout out. Okay. Shout out to you. Hi. Um, I had a question. So let's say you are a parent, and maybe you are aware of some things being taught that you don't really want your child to be taught what what should you do what would like i guess anyone here if they are so those kind of issues would have to go through the superintendent's office but even that there's a whole nother agency above them you guys may have heard of tea that's the texas education agency um so that would be a process um and that is exactly what like ptas do and just even regular advocacy groups it is a process and it really involves the legislative session which is going on right now so when you have those kind of issues you would bring those things up bring it to your representatives your senators get your pta to work for you i always tell people like the board we are not in control it's the members that tell us what to do so if you don't like something you could tell us to go complain above and whatnot um, so good. you have a few outlets, like, um, but never the principals. Please don't go after our teachers and principals. They have no control, and they're already stressed out enough. So right. take it to everybody else. Make everyone else work for you. Right. Yeah. Okay, no. Stop sending them emails. <laughs> Stop sending yeah. them emails. <laughs> 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 and they hate when anything Johnson hits the news. If you can get something on the news, yes. So you're saying go to the superintendent. You would go to, like, a school board meeting. School they board. used to make it where people couldn't talk until the end, and I'm talking their meetings will go to, like, 12 midnight, so they would hope that you would leave. Oh, wow. Most of them now allow you to ask your questions first. You are limited to two to three minutes, so always prepare beforehand what you want to say. But if you have a complaint about a program or something being taught, you're going to need a group. This is like going against the government. Mm. <laughs> it okay. really is. I'm not going to lie. I have a pretty cool pastime. I like going on YouTube and then looking at um, – controversial school board moments is so many people that are just saying stuff right now that's like getting them either in trouble or getting them viral and it was just like like yo i hate that this is going on like man like why did this do, why did this happen why is my kid going through this i'm like yeah talk go talk. it's even bro <laughs> yeah. i've even seen some students yeah. get up and like oh get your and students go, for and, sure and, yeah. Yeah. and like and that's what i yeah that's why i wanted to know because like as a person i don't have kids and i'm not in this like i'm not in the a teacher in the in the public school system. I've done early childcare, mm-hmm. but um, but I would want to know like where to go, and I, I wouldn't have even thought superintendent. So that's good. So not the principals. Don't email the yeah. principals. Not the teachers. You would go to the school board meeting, and let me tell y'all something. If you were to ever have like they told you come into our office, meet with us, and everything, record. Right. Texas is a one party state. You do not need to tell them. Let me tell you, those are the juiciest things that are sent to me by teachers. Wow. <laughs> it really is. Always record if they invite you in to talk and whatnot, because you never know what you might catch. Right. <laughs> Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Like, like on some James Bond stuff. Like, they don't know you got it in there. Or oh like... yeah, I never tell anyone I'm recording. Oh okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. No, not in Texas. It's Public. a one-party state in Texas. You're allowed to in Texas. Be blessed. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. <laughs> like everybody's like, oh, I'm about to record every conversation. The legal, Hi. the legal term is you can't expect privacy in public. 
So yeah, any 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 place that's legally public, you can record, you can do whatever you want essentially. Oh, you can you even do it on that. phones. Yeah, phones. Texas is a one party video. state. Video. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. This state always does something new. Indeed. <laughs> Welcome to Texas. Um, Talk to us. My name is Charlotte. I am a parent. Um so what is your opinion about them not testing kids out of the grade level, you know, for those kids who are who need to be challenged, but they're like, oh, we're not doing that anymore, or it's like pulling teeth just to, like, get your child into this test so that they can move forward, that they're not doing it anymore, or that it's just, like, they don't care to do it. Oh, you make me want to rip out my hair. <laughs> so that comes down to TEA. And it's actually even worse this year. I just found out that um, if your student has a higher reading level, they're just going to say if your child's at their grade. They will not test them to see how high they're reading. They will not allow give them books to read at a higher level. I am just started investigating what this is about specifically, and I believe it's about funding, keeping the attendance. Have you guys noticed how strict they are with their attendance out here? Um, and that's a TE agency, TEA issue um, that is going to take going to legislative sessions, honestly, and showing up to your representatives and senators as well. You don't realize how many bills are out right now um, just for our schools alone, but that one is, I'm even shocked. Like, I don't understand. I know it has something to do with No Child Left Behind. I know it just has to do with keeping attendance at certain grade levels so the funding keeps flowing. It's all about money. It really is. So that's the sucky part. That's another reason people want that bill to be passed. I always wondered. I'm like, man, y'all putting so much emphasis on these standardized tests. And when I was taking a toss and the tax, I'm like, fam, if what you're telling me is if I fail this tax, I'm going to fail out of the school. Like, I I can't go to the next grade. Well, let me take two grades ahead of their test. So I can just pass that and then skip ahead. I'm like, if that's if that's how it works, if this test is determining whether or not I'm good enough to go to the next grade, let me see how far I can go. You know what? You just <laughs> you actually just reminded me the teachers the teachers just came to me this year. This year, because of the legislative session, they're pushing the these bills through to make these teachers go through more trainings, more classes, more standardized testing stuff. And they have told me it's simply to put money into the pockets of the businesses that lead these sessions and whatnot, and it's taken away from them teaching students. And these sessions as in what? So they're being these bills are coming through saying that they need more trainings, trainings for uh, this, trainings for, for that, trainings for um, star testing, and this and that. And it's taking them away from actually doing what they need to do for our students. It's taken away from the funding, the money in their pockets, and it's all the same companies. It's all about so, the business. So if you don't agree <laughs> with those things and you want to get back to our children actually being able to read higher level books than their grade level, this is the legislative session that's going on right now. It's really that's disappointing well. though because. As a parent to a young black man, hey baby, my baby, he nice and chocolate. Um, they're they want to label him as being disruptive in class, but as a parent, I'm emailing his teacher and I'm like, he's bored. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. he I hear that all the time. That I hear doing, that all and the time. you're telling me that, okay, well, we're trying to make his skills better. I'm like, okay, well, he knows the answer. You're gonna you're trying to hone skills that he kinda already has. Why don't I put him in a grade where a teacher can hone those skills as well as keep pushing him forward? Mm-hmm. And so you're saying that he's being disruptive and now you're gonna label him and now he's bad or he's got an attitude. Not say that that's what his teacher does because we love we love his teacher. Hi teacher. <laughs> you know, I know you. 
because <laughs> his teacher is a young black man. Um, but and he's always got his back. And I really do appreciate that. But for other students like that, you know, getting that label that they're being disruptive is just that they're not being challenged and now being in a state where that they're literally pushing to stop. So what you're telling me is, is the reason I was disruptive and I always get in trouble. It's because I was just brilliant. I feel like it's because you wanted to take the yeah. two grades ahead yeah. test. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You wanted yeah, yeah. to use the test I always like thought Mario that too as a, young, as a young man. I was like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm a little too good for these so commoners. She, you said you're a teacher, right? <laughs> so she knows. Like, your, your son's teacher may want to do more for him, but the school ain't backing him. You know that, right? Yeah. And the principal don't even got the superintendents backing her. So. Yeah, this is the whole system. Like, even the whole, like, the meeting, it's like we're... I'm just, as you're talking, I'm just realizing, I've said this twice already, but still, this is so systematic, I didn't realize oh, how yes. deep it went. Because even just hearing that, like, they kept the uh, the comments that they wanted the people to make at the end, mm-hmm. so they can discourage yeah. people, it's like, man, it's time to go home. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is, that's wild. That's, and I just want to warn small. you. And I just but, want to warn you, that's what happens at the Capitol as well. During the legislative session, if you want to go testify before the House of Representatives or um, the Juvenile uh, Juvenile Justice and Family Issues Committee and whatnot, you go testify on bills. You're allowed to all go and do that. We went um, two years ago. They put talked and held everything else, had their lunches, their dinners. We didn't testify till like 1 a.m. Yeah. But over 150 of us stayed there. We still testified, and we made them stay until 5 a.m. listening to us. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. You know what's crazy? I knew it was about the money when I worked with a certain uh, school-affiliated program. And after, and you were there for this, after every session, we were required to serve them milk. And it was, it was, it was, it was a handoff. Like, the only thing that could make us not give it to them was them actually denying it. Yeah. But other than that, it was a required handoff. Take the milk. And then like, it wasn't like, hey, don't serve the milk. The requirement was you have to serve them milk. And if the only way they can't get it is if they say, no, I don't want the milk. Yeah. And it's like, why do we always get served milk? Yeah. It's because the milk industry is involved in education. They're paying for it, yep. So you, that's, that's, they say milk what is kind of addictive as well. Out. You know what I'm saying? Government cheese. So that, so that when you go forward, it's like, oh, I, I still want milk. And you still desire milk and crave milk. Because it was pushed to you literally as a kid, as a youth. Indeed. Wait, what? Y'all was getting expired milks? Oh. Yes. Oh, wow. Y'all yes. got You went to a title wood, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I title Tell me you title wood without telling me you title wood. You said, did George say sell by? Oh, no, we've seen it. Aaliyah. Aaliyah all the time. <laughs> Girl, throw that back in the fridge. It's all right. You good. We got to throw Just pour the top Hurdle. half off. Hurdle. Throw the pop off here. Yeah, you good. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's some good milk down there. You good. Indeed. 
Talk to me. Talk to me. Okay. Oh, so I'm a teacher. I teach in Mansfield. At, yeah. Oh, uh, but I was with uh, Uplift for five years. I know Uplift. Uh, charter school. Yes, charter school. I'm very anti-charter after being in a charter. Wow. Uh, the turnover is very high, and so you have very young, immature teachers with classrooms full of up to like 33 kids. Um, so kids aren't actually learning, and so you're you're perpetuating like low reading scores, low math scores, and they. Uplift specifically runs it like a business. And so uh, there have been countless studies done. If you run a school like a business, it will always fail. Uh, and then charters pay well. So, like, you'll have, like, IDEA, which is taken over Fort Worth, where they're paying teachers really well. But they teach exactly to the test. When I interviewed to teach at IDEA, they were like, 90% of your students have to pass the star. And if they don't, you will get fired. Um, Wait, what? Wow. That was in the interview. He was like, I just need you to know that your kids have to pass the star. It's not Way negotiable. Focus on the star. And he's like, are you willing to put in the work to do that? Um, and I was just like, I hate teaching to the test. I never have. I'm very against it. It's also why I teach sixth grade science because it's not a tested subject. Although everything in my content carries up to eighth grade and only in middle school science does what you learn in sixth grade show up on the eighth grade test. Uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. But they are very quick during star season to put my subject on the side, put science and history on the side so we can focus on reading and math because that is tested in sixth grade and I have always refused I, I will do after school tutoring but you will not take away my class because I know my class matters in Good eighth grade uh, and so I told my administrator that this year but I did it the whole time I was with uplift and I always got low ratings for it so I can never get the raises because I was always marked down because they were like well you're not teaching to the test and so you're only a proficient teacher while now I'm in Mansfield and they're like saying I'm distinguished um so like the, it's really like deeply systematic and then you're like talking about your son moving up your son could be gifted does he go to a school where they identify gifted children yeah because he should be tested if he's gifted and then no they don't because when I was at a charter I didn't even know gifted existed until I got to Mansfield so what you're telling me is I told you this already Is that I was gifted I told you this already <laughs> Indeed See, see It's outside the box Outside of the milk carton I think outside the Okay, okay. <laughs> I was about to say, you know, you about to go with it Come on now You about to go with it <laughs> Come on somebody See, 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 Gifted I was just different from different. all the other students. Uh -huh, talk to him. Talk to him. The utter? The, I was about to, the, oh, he said the utter. He's a freaking rapper. You feel me? Did y'all catch that? Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. It was the utter It did. That's awesome. Okay. It did. Yeah. I don't want to milk it any further. Let's just continue on. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, but the system is, 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 is very, it's a system. It's extremely stressful for a teacher because um, even, like, I'm at the Fine Arts Academy in Mansfield. It's a very cushy job, except for the parents are, they're horrible, guys. Like, we literally, like, just in the month of February alone, we were having, like, 
10 parent conferences a week just because parents were emailing, trying to understand grades. Their child made a, a B. This a charter school? No. It's, 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 it's Mansfield. Just a we regular We need to protect ISD. this teacher at all costs, y'all. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of About us. a B? I, congratulations, right? Their child made a C on a project. I got uh, told I was going to get ridden up for this. Like, it was... It was really bad. like the parents like you. went off on us and the parent like the principal had to stop them several times. And the worst part was is that the the mother is a teacher. But like, interesting. Anytime her so, daughter. So was the was the was the was the project really a C or did you did you boost it up from a know. D to a C? Huh? Did you boost the but did you boost the project up from a D to a C or was it just I don't change grades for anybody. Well, what I'm saying is like like was oh so if it was it was a C work it was a C. She, but their child is already. The, the child is really bright, um, but so, like, I have to challenge her. And so she is challenged by my projects. She still ended up with an A by the end of the – it was the first week of the new six weeks. Indeed. She had plenty of time to bring up this grade. One, yes. It, yeah. yeah. She and Well, even then, by the time the sem- six weeks ended, she had an A in the class. Indeed. No, I didn't. I did nothing because I wasn't going to change. I don't change. Like, I yeah. taught at a Title I school. And then I came with a purpose. So before I was a teacher, I worked at Dallas County Jail. So I was at Loose Derrick. And so, like, I'm watching. <laughs> like, they, so, the, the, you know, they don't know my story. Like, I literally, I was very intentional about working at Title I school because I saw that the system literally takes advantage of poor people and uneducated people. And so when you're watching your people and Hispanic people every day come to jail on small crimes, and then we have a bail bond industry, like, if you go to, if you ever get arrested and you have to pay bond to get out, if you pay it cash, you get your money back, minus court fees. And I'm watching black people get arrested. They don't they don't pay the cash because they don't want to wait. They pay the bail bonds. The bail bonds pays the full amount after their court services are over, get that full amount back. In addition, now you as a poor person have to pay on a regular basis, pay them off what they paid them. So they're giving twice the money. Um, But I'm watching the system take advantage of uneducated poor people. So I was like, I want to be a part of the change. I became a teacher at a Title I school in Fort Worth in the poly area right outside of stop six and then yeah you was in the thick of it you was in the stop well in the outside funk? so poly is better than stop six but we was better okay. yeah but my kids were very low income it was 100 percent free and reduced lunch um and i would have stayed if administration wasn't so bad like most of us left because we had bad admin it wasn't even because of pay it was no, because Uplift was trying to compete with the idea. And so I actually took a huge pay cut moving to Mansfield. Indeed. Wow. Because uh, like the I admin said, they was just like bad. A, yeah. Admin what was, was the story bad. you're telling me about um, oh. AD? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. As, so as you were talking, uh, several stories came up with my friends who are teachers. And one of the things was like she got in trouble because she was not going to raise these students' yep. grades because they weren't doing the work. And so there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, admin who were just like you have to. I guess I don't I don't know exactly why they said you had to, but they were just really trying to force her to raise. You, you said what? They can't make lower than a fifty. Yeah, and so 
Because it looks bad on them. And it's, and it's yeah, wild it's because it's like, y'all are willing to have these kids move up in a space that they're not even ready for, and they're just going to fail even more when they get to that place. You know what I'm saying? Instead of like keeping them where they are, challenging them where they are, you know what I'm saying? And like really growing them step by step. And that's what AD's about. She's like, where are you? Bet. You're here. I'm going to help you grow step by step to get you to where you need to be. But for them, they're just like, they're not even here, but it's okay. Because we want to look a certain way, we're going to just place you at a higher level. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know, man. It's, it's wild. That's why it's, so many 12th graders don't even have like an eighth grade reading level. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then <clears throat> think about it. Dallas ISD, what was that, last year? Where the kids were outside protesting because their school buildings were so deficient. Yeah, yep. And now we have Carter being re, re um, just got renovated. Stock just got re, renovated. Roosevelt is getting uh, uh, renovated. But those those schools have looked the same since my parents went there in 1955. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's I, proof that the funding is there. They're just putting it where they want they don't it. They want to go. Wow. Yes. And the same thing that she said about the academies popping up, like they put an academy in the middle of South Dallas Fair Park area. And uh, those kids who live in that area can't go to that school. Mm-hmm. Because you have to apply to get in. And imagine. It's a waiting list. It's a, <laughs> it's a, yeah. it's a waiting yeah. list. Yeah. And they your street. But imagine if we actually put those same students back into a school that gives them everything they need, we could actually see what that does. For the community. For yes. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember uh, doing FCA at Pinkston for a year. And Pinkston, that was, that was in the clip. That's rough. Yeah, that was, yeah. That's Shout rough. out to the clip. You know what I'm saying? But as I'm there, I'm like the basketball court. It was, it was, it was like, the, like, it was like a netted, netted type of material on the bottom. It wasn't like... Like a gym floor, but it was like netted. I don't know how to describe it, but it was very shaky, uneven. Like, like if somebody played there, it was almost an injury. And I remember because they had like either a mold issue or a leaking issue, they couldn't even send the students to the school for like an entire month. They had to send them to a different building mm-hmm. just to teach them. <laughs> and it was like, wow. And I'm like, man, how come I'm seeing millions of dollars go to other schools in a maybe 10 mile radius? But it's to the football field, mm-hmm. you know. But, but on the other end, as I look at Texas football, especially high school Texas football, I'm seeing how, as a business, I'm like, all right, I can spend millions on this football field, but because of the attendance, because of the, um, the merchandise, et cetera, we'll make that money back. So it's a good business opportunity, you know what I'm saying? But I'm, I'm just like, I, I don't see how that doesn't also – help out or trickle down, if anything, to the lower income schools. It's that they don't care. Indeed. <laughs> it's like, bottom yeah. line, sure. they don't. <laughs> I mean, private prisons are still a big business in Texas, and so you have to have someone on the bottom to go to filter into those places to make the money. The pri- then, what's it called? The, the prison pipeline. The pipeline system. School to prison pipeline. And it's, and, okay, so how legit is it, and how, how, how much are you seeing it on a level where you're at to say, all right, bet they're really training and sending people through this pipeline. So go down to the Title I schools. I definitely see it happening. You can go to Lamar High School. Um, they're allowed to leave campus for lunch. If you jaywalk, they are coming after you, and they're going to keep coming after you. Remember, we watched it happen. I won't put his name out there, but I literally watched this happen to a few students, and they just kept targeting those students after that. Come over to Mansfield, 
and they're quick to put their issues in a little different school where they take care of it on their own so nobody sees what happens and then they correct it and send them back to the schools and that's not the title one schools so you can definitely see where that school to prison pipeline is happening in our title one areas yes oh yeah phoenix that's what they call the phoenix that's the alternative school in mansfield okay Oh, okay, yes. indeed, indeed. I think she was trying to keep it discreet. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Like, <laughs> what you gonna do? Fire me. I'm sorry. We knew what we were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and the so right now a lot of districts are the smaller schools are moving to a four day work week. Um, like Mesquite, it was on the table, and seventy percent, over seventy percent of parents and teachers voted yes. School board was like, nah. And it's on the table for Dallas right now. Four-day work week? Yes. I, I, I can go to school for four days? Yes. Do y'all get paid the amount, though? Do y'all get paid the amount? Yeah, everything stays the same. Like, if that was the case? Or do they take money from the teachers? Does that benefit the teachers? No, it doesn't take away from your summer because mm -hmm. our, our attendance is based on hours, and the school, the school year is already inflated. Mm -hmm. Yes. No, you. I'm. I'm. Look, man, it's not on table at Mansfield. I'm just saying, like, yeah, the way it's been able to work out is because it's not making a longer. It's not making that much of a longer year. It's like adding an extra week. Like schools are already inflated. Like we already go to school way over the amount of hours that we have to. Uh, it is way too much time in school. Kids are restless. All the things. Uh, but I just want to talk about like, Star Test is horrible. Uh, it is the absolute worst. I literally hate it in every way possible. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't prepare kids for life. It doesn't no prepare purpose. kids for anything. Uh, well, yeah, you could you could fail it and still move up. Um, we don't put anything the in an ideal world. Wait, you can fail it and still move up? Yeah, uh, three times. Yeah. I th <laughs> you just go to summer school and then they move you on up. Wait, if you fail three times, yeah, they put you in summer school. Yes. But what's the point of the test? The business. The bi it's a, it's a billion-dollar industry. Yes. It's a billion-dollar? Yes. That's why they keep changing the names. I can't mm -hmm. keep up with it. It went from, it went from, it went from toss to text to tax. To star. Now they're a star. Yeah. That's what Three years gonna be that's a what she was saying. Like, it's, it's, it's follow the money. Everything is so, like, our state test, our state test is only keep, growing and like we're supplying statement test materials to florida because it's a billion dollar industry yeah, mm -hmm. it is that's how they make their money and so we make kids sit in rooms days on end for four hours in silence taking a test um to show that they've uh that they've learned this year we as teachers are graded by that and so we are incentivized <laughs> to over teach the students on the test, instead of just teaching them normal content, creating environments where they can learn and grow, uh, learning collaboration, which is actual skills they will need in the actual business world. And now Texas is pushing, like they just changed the TEKS for middle school science. Um, the biggest change being with sixth grade, of course, because we're foundational. Uh, yeah, and uh, now we're on this big STEM push. And so now they're talking about, like, there has to be labs in your classroom. Well, if your low-income schools are so, 
they are so trained to teach to the test that I can't see. I went to a TFA training. That's a whole nother topic talking about teach for America. But I went to a TFA training. I was telling them the importance of uh, inquiry based learning where kid, where you create projects where kids learn through the project. And these cohorts looked at me like I was insane. They even rated me low because they just felt like I, I walked a fourth grade teacher through a whole project that she could teach her class on the teach that they had to learn. Like I went with her step by step. I spent most of my time with her uh, so much time that I didn't even get to talk to the other teachers in the room. And she said, there's no way I could ever pull this off. And I said, why not? And she was just too scared to do it. It, it covered her vocabulary. It, co it was engaging for kids. Like, I literally, like, broke it down. And she just, they're so afraid of not teaching to the test that they're not even willing to take the risk of trying something outside the box that their kids would enjoy and learning from their mistakes and tweaking it so that it's better, which is good teaching practices. Because they learn how to teach to the test. Yes. I remember telling you the story, you know what I'm saying? That was, like, the, the like my eye-opening experience as a, as a high school. Oh, yeah, shout out to Ty. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, absolutely. Back when I was in high school as a young whippersnapper, I had my TOS test, you know what I'm saying? And I was definitely one of those children that was extremely gifted. I was so extremely gifted, I think I had a record for my detentions because of my giftedness, right? And I just remember getting kicked out of the actual testing grounds before I even did anything. They didn't let me do anything that time. And they put me in the remedial class. Mm -mm. And I was like, man. But when I got there, I was like, Terry, what's up? You remedial? And it was like, yo, B Benny, yo, what's, it was lit. We was in there playing video games. They had snack time every other, I'm like, yo, remedial's kinda lit. Like, mm -hmm. I'm here with the, Not <laughs> the slow kids. You know what I'm saying? Like. We had nap time, snack time. You know what I'm saying? It's like, take the test at your pace. I said, for real? So it's like, it's like hey, if, if you want to take a break, play some video games, I'm like, you were in resource. I can't tell you what I scored on that test, but I had a great time. You know what I'm saying? But, but, I, I, but it's, it's just the fact that the teacher said, here is a threat. Get him out so we can get the kids that can actually make an impact and take the test and not have them distracted. And so that was like, so I was, I guess I was a threat to their job. It's like, yo, make sure you get Mitch. If we get him out and put him in there with the remedial class. Also, to a point to where when Micah got into school. Oh, man. His brother is Micah. So when Micah came into school, they said, this is Mitch's brother? Oh, we about to treat him exactly like because they yeah, thought he yeah. was going to come Reputation. out just like Yeah, I'm, I, I will say, I set my little brother for failure. Like, like I'm, I'm, I, I'm a, I apologize. I didn't even realize how, it, how bad it was, but my, my little brother would be like, bro, I don't know why these teachers don't like me. I said, which teacher is it? He's like, man, it's this one. I said, ah, it's because you got that West name. They remember me. <laughs> Cause it, I was, I was, I was just a crafty student. Like I would do things, but you could never really prove it was me. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah, you know, it's look. I'll say this much. I'll say this much. 
I, I I went through I went through my adult phase and I literally have written a lot of my old teachers and sent apology letters because I legitimately I legitimately I, I recognize now I was immature, you know what I'm saying? And then after working for with, with kids, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm like Man, God, okay. You, <laughs> you sent me a me. <laughs> so <laughs> so you, you get a little humble, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was definitely humbled. So I, I've realized that I, I could have done better as a student, but I was just immature. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Talk to us. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. Okay, um, so I'm a teacher, and it's real ghetto. Um, you now, in Title One? Yes, I am, actually. <laughs> Um, I work for uh, Dallas ISD. Um, currently, I would say that it's very challenging. Parents aren't accountable. Um, students aren't accountable. They don't even know how. To, they probably don't even know what that word is. Um, not trying to be funny, but I'm in the middle school space. I teach in Oak Cliff. Um, I teach sixth graders. I'm a <laughs> Here is called reading, even though anywhere else in the world we call it English. <laughs> but yeah, like normal places, but because there needs to be an additional support for reading here because of now it used to be ELs, but now they're called emerging um, learners. Uh, so because of that, um, peace weighing so heavily, uh, like the school that I teach at is predominantly, are roughly 90% Hispanic, um, and black students are the minority. So I have to deal with battles of my young black boys not understanding how to defend their blackness, but still keep their own identity. Um, they also have the conversations of, is the N-word acceptable from these other people because these are my boys and I allow them to say it? Um, and just why they shouldn't even say those things to me. Um, and administration not taking that seriously. It's elementary. Oh, wait, and I have some questions. Middle school. I was Middle like, school. <laughs> I want to say the N-word elementary. <laughs> and let me pull up the questions for Black History Month since that just passed. They are now. Oh, they got it now, yeah. The students ask these questions? Yeah, um, students say a lot of things. It's been, like, I, I didn't want to have to explain. Because also, like, if you think about it, the demographic, even religiously speaking, would predominantly be Catholicism, right? Yeah, so why are we introducing pride? I don't know. Why did I have to roll out a video about it, what it was and stuff when that came about out? About what? About pride and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, you understood every word that I said. That is correct. Um, and then when the Q, they were like, Q, question mark, what's that? Like, I don't understand that. Miss McKinney can't, no, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> ask your mama, ask your daddy. I'm not saying nothing because, you know, my words can be held against me. Y'all can file a complaint. Y'all can say that Miss McKinney taught my kid. No, 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 principal. You pushed out this video. You said it's a pivotal part in history that we need to talk about. You went up on, yeah, y'all, this is a whole thing in our morning announcements. And some teachers were uncomfortable because they are also Hispanic and they come from the same backgrounds. And it's like, 
why wasn't a letter sent out? The, all the whys start popping up, and I'm like, why wasn't letters sent out? Why wasn't this done? Why wasn't that done? But then again, the other part of me is like, this is not my fight. Like, I'm just rather not deal with this piece. Um, but it's it uh, pushed away for the GLAD community in middle school. So now I'm dealing with students who want you to go by the proper pronouns in sixth grade. Um, and my co my co-teacher being like, hey, like, this person wanted me to call them this today, and I'm not doing that. They paper, that paper says yada, yada, yada. So I'm like, look, dude. Indeed. Pick your battle. Pick your battles, Pick your right? Battle. But, however, he's a well-respected um, – how do I want to frame this? <laughs> he's a well-respected uh, – Hispanic male, he's been there for a very long time, right? So people don't talk bad about this person. So if even if he was, it would come from like, oh, we understand where you're coming from. We hear you. Whereas if I'm to say it, it's like, oh, okay, so what you going to do? Indeed. So it's like, huh? I don't want to interrupt you, but oh, before go you go ahead. on, I have a very serious question yeah. because we just started having this conversation as parents in Mansfield, and I was surprised this conversation even took place in Mansfield, but we were discussing how pride and LGBTQ plus is being pushed in schools. Do you feel like it's taken away from black history? Absolutely, and I'm glad that you brought that up because I have some black history questions that they wanted to interview me about, and I don't, I don't want, no. I told them no. <laughs> I was like, wait, they got, you got, you, yo, you keep the questions. Mm-hmm. I kept it. Tolbert. These are from students. Uh, no. Adults. Oh, oh, oh adults. the adults The adults push. these so, questions. So, yeah, we have a multicultural community mm -hmm. at the um, group, and they wanted to spearhead, like, interviewing the black teachers on campus. Um, and I respectfully declined after... These questions, hold up, y'all, because this is bothering me. It's in already my cringing. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry, y'all. Y'all are like on the okay. Edge so, of your seats. from your perspective, answering that question yourself. Oh, absolutely. You know, I did. Found I just it. wanted to hear everyone okay. else. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. That's oh, absolutely a way it? to take away from CRT it and is. the um, Black History. Yeah. So, qu first question: Where are you from? Second question: What is your favorite thing about your culture? S third question: What is your favorite food? Next question. Who is your favorite singer and your favorite song from there? These are Black History Month questions? Remember, they wanted to interview me, okay? <clears throat> I'm not done. Who is your... <laughs> can you share with us one challenge that you have gone through as an African-American? They scratched out Latino because uh, these were the same questions that they used during, the, during that. Let me, let me continue. <clears throat> How does being black contribute to your identity? Wait, I'm not done. <laughs> what would the students be surprised to know about you? That's safe. Any messages that you want to share with the hobbleinists? That's safe as well. I shouldn't have said that. Sorry. Eh, I'm leaving. You said what? What was the last The hobbyist? No, no, no. Don't worry about the last question. Okay, indeed. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so, yeah. so when it comes to um, the, I guess, being a black teacher at a predominantly Latino school, mm -hmm. do you think that the element of possibly a lot of the younger kids growing up in dual language or maybe yeah. second language households is why the reading level is probably as, as low as it is? Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, yes, I do. It's really bad. Like, has your Spanish gotten better? I mean, I call my Spanish ghetto Spanish, but you know, I'm kind of funny, so I'm also like the cool teacher. But everybody's gonna be like sad when the cool teacher leaves. Indeed. However, um, that's neither here nor there. That's a story for another day. But to drive it back to your point, reading here is a problem. English here is a problem. Like them under comprehension is a problem. Even with adults, comprehension is a problem. So with kids, when you have that time to shape, mold, and cultivate, why aren't we utilizing it well? Well, I'll tell you why. When you go to these elementary schools that are predominantly um, Spanish-speaking spaces, they speak Spanish the whole time in elementary. They take their tests in Spanish in elementary. So when they come to me, guess what happens? Hola, como estas? Hoy estoy... Tu hablas español? Más o menos. I don't know what it's not. That's, that's as far as you get with me. So after that, it's like, now I now have to teach you how to read. And you're seeing English for the first time in my classroom. Yet I, have, I now have to be responsible for moving this kid along. Wow. So they can be successful in my room. And yet you want to judge me and saying, like, I'm moving the lesson too slow or I'm spending too much time. And this is something where this is still standardized tests being pushed. Correct. And let's talk on that. So even in that piece, like um, she was mentioned up before, in, in my case, the two, this is how I basically weighed it because I'm pretty straight to the point. The way we get money is by making sure kids are there. When the kids are there, we get the money. That's pretty much what they were saying. Or You probably said earlier when I probably stepped out. Second thing, in my perspective from a teacher point of view, our TEI is based off of student, a student survey, okay, and how well they do on a test. That determines how much money I'm going to get. How much money you'll get? I get. And, commission. And how much I get tiered. So if my students, like, let's take the pandemic for so example. So you're almost incentivized to cheat them up. Correct. Yeah. So exactly. let's take the pandemic, for example. How do you really think my performance level was last year, right? So let's take that for an example. I got kids that, you. what is that? That's two years gone. So third grade was the last time they were in real school. And then you have language barriers, all those things. You're watching TV in Spanish. You're doing everything in Spanish. And now I have to teach you through Zoom. You barely come to the class. And I'm eating and cooking anyway in the class. So that's, that was me. Sorry. Um, in advance, um, I was like, just turn your camera off if you're hungry because I'm always hungry, so I don't care. We're, let's vibe together. Um, I had people coming in there, like, with the Mexican music. No, no, I'm not trying to be funny, but... <laughs> they had Mexican music like playing it like really loud on the first day in Zoom class. Like this is, they were like, "Yeah, it's lit." I'm like, "No, if you don't turn that off, you will be in the waiting room for the rest of the day." Like, uh, don't play with me. So it's like they think it's a game when they can't read and stuff. And then I get it. Like kids have mechanism. Like you know, they want to ignore. They want to do all these different things. That's great. That's cool. I was one of those funny kids in the class, but I was actually smart too. But you got to now choose. You can't socialize. Yes, and then even with, for an example, I have one student that's dyslexic, um, but she has not been receiving none of her services. Second, she doesn't even want to wear her glasses, but the parent tells me I need to remind her to put her glasses on. 
You want me to remind her your glasses? kid to put your glasses her on? Glasses? I gotta remind. She said, she said, be patient, be patient with my child, and tell her to put, ma'am. You want me to do what? Yeah, come on up. Like yeah, it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's literally that, like yeah, a thing. Yeah, you good, you good. It's it's a also, thing. So it holds it holds a lot of weight. It holds okay. a lot of weight. So my point is, yes, there's an issue. The issue is never addressed. And at the end of the day, it still goes back to the teacher. The teacher is held responsible for doing every single thing. So in that video, yes, she was right. She was speaking straight facts. We got to be the mentor. We got to be the mom. We got to be the therapist. the dad, the therapist, all this other stuff. And when the child does not want to do nothing, like, I'm going to say this and I'm going to move. The last thing that my uncle tried to tell me because his wife was an t- educator in the, the 90s, right? That's when life was great. We weren't that bad, right? So in the 90s, and they said the, the number one thing is that you have to have a plan. He believes that, like, if you have a plan, you're successful as a teacher. I always said, I would argue differently. It's more about knowing, building relationship. If you don't have a relationship, the child isn't doing your work. He's trying to, how you're going to tell me? I'm a pandemic teacher, ninja. Like, I survived a lot of stuff. Like, for real. So it's like relationship is the key. And if you don't have relationship, these kids not doing your work. They don't care about none of that. If you haven't built a relationship with them, they're not touching a paper. They will sit there and go to sleep. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's wild. What she just said is absolutely right. Um, at the Title I schools, that is what I see is the students succeed because the teacher cares enough. And um, to be personal, yes, that was my issue as well. And I actually ended up being a teen mom and emancipated at 16, and it was those teachers that I thought were such jerks. Like, how are you being so mean to me and forcing me to still do my work? I have a baby, you know? I look back now, and I'm like, I love those teachers, and I find them on Facebook, and I'm like, it's because of them I graduated. It's because of them that I'm here now, you know? But to the two teachers that just spoke, I love y'all. Thank y'all so much. I am terrified. My heart is pounding. If HR comes for y'all, just find me. I got y'all. Because I'm worried. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Well, praise God for that. Praise God for that. Man, I, it's crazy. My, my favorite class was English. But that's also like one of the worst classes I did in. And I always <laughs> felt like because, only because I knew I was a great writer. And I knew I was a good speaker. But I always felt like. It wasn't like math. One plus one equals two. That's on the paper. Sure. It's you're going to grade it based off of me. Yeah. And I knew this because one day, his name was, his last name was Wynn, uh-huh. right? N-G-U-Y-E-N. And it was a second language. And I'm like, now how did Wynn get a 95? And I got an 80. And I'm like, did you even read my paper? It's like, no, it was, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, no, okay, bet. Well, let me let me see what it takes to get a ninety-five paper. Yeah, yeah. And I started reading Wynn's paper right there. And she said, "Put his paper down." I said, "Wynn, is it okay if I read your paper?" Wynn was like, "Yeah." And she's like, "You don't ask him. I told you to put it down." I was like, "I was like, I'm reading. What's up? I'm, I'm trying to see what it takes so I can level up. Because obviously, Wynn is a better writer than me. You know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to I'm trying to see." I was bad, y'all. I'm telling you, I was bad. I was bad. Class clown. And so yeah, the, 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 the teacher legitimately like called me out. She's like, "How dare you prank me like that in front of the class?" I'm like, "Look, I just want to get a ninety, and obviously, I'm not doing something right." I'm like, "I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed writing this paper. I thought it did great. You know what I'm saying?" And 
and I got an 80? And I'm like, what? Can I ask what color was the teacher? <laughs> was that? What color was the teacher? What was the nationality teacher? You know, she didn't have as much melanin as other teachers, you know what I'm saying, that I usually have her. Yeah, she's she white. She's white. Yeah, she's white. She's white. She's white. Well, I, I was going to say, I had a similar experience, but it was in college. And mm. I was writing papers for a liter literature class. And uh, I kept getting D's on my papers. And uh, I didn't know why. Because uh, unbeknownst to the professor of that class, I also wrote for the yearbook. And I also wrote for the leader, the newspaper. So I really can't write. Yeah. So I don't know what I'm not doing in your class. So I went to the um, yearbook sponsor, and I said, read my paper. What is wrong with this? Why is this teacher? Well, so the, the sponsor went to the professor because they've had a long relationship. They know each other. And he said, you know, I just want to know what's up. He said, oh, I didn't read the paper. He said, none of them can write. Wow. He didn't ever look at it because I'm one of the few people in his class, you know, and I, I skipped a few classes. None of them can write. Uh, Who's them? Wow. Well, when I came into to school in, in college, uh, I was a goof off somewhat in high school, but I, but I was smart enough to goof off. Indeed, <laughs> okay? indeed. So I skipped a few classes. When I got ready to take algebra, I quizzed out of the algebra class. I didn't have to take college algebra one. I missed, went to the next one, you know. And some of those classes I just didn't take. So I would be in classes that weren't with my peers, that would be, you know, 18 my age. So I'm in the class with people that, you know, love people like Canterbury Tales and stuff like that. Stuff I don't really like, but I'm in here because my advisor put me in here. Yeah. But I can write. I just don't like this class. I don't say much to the teacher. But he didn't know who I was. Mm. And I think that's a legitimate thing for a lot of teachers, yeah, yeah. Wh whatever color they are. They don't know who you are, where you came from, what you have, what's in your basket, mm -hmm. what's in your brain, what's in your background, and what's in your experiences. And they're not even going to take the time to find out. To find All out. he had to do was pick up the leader newspaper, and at the bottom of my last story it says, Patricia Hirsch. Yeah, yeah, And if yeah. you put that name yeah. on the roll of your name, then you should know who I am. Yeah, yeah. And, and in fact, I even take some of my own pictures. So some of the pictures in the leader that I've taken say, Patricia Hirsch under it. But you never bothered because I'm one of them. Indeed. And I believe that we are the them to a lot of non-white people. We are the them. We are the people they don't know. We are the people that they don't know what to expect from. We are the people that they don't understand. They don't understand our slang. They don't understand our language. They don't understand our culture. They don't understand why black people eat greens. They don't understand anything. They don't know, know, why, they don't know why Hispanic people eat, um, uh, rice and I don't beans. know, masa, rice and beans, um, tripe. They don't understand anything but them. But the flip side is that all of the other cultures understand their culture, yeah. but they've never had to understand anyone else. Yeah. Anyone else. And that's hard for them because their frame of mind has always been, I'm better than them. <clears throat> and a lot of them don't even know that that's how they've been raised. Yeah. Wow. They don't even know. And, and somewhat some, we have been too. I mean, even I had parents who said, oh, no, don't hang out with them. You know, that them might be some other them. Yeah. But, you know, we all have a standard that has been placed that there is a them for all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
There's a them for Almonton, and I am a 16-year veteran teacher. I'm not teaching now. I have taught SPED. I have taught behavior. I have taught general ed. I've taught math, reading. I've taught behavior. I've taught don't like science. Sorry for the science teacher. That's not my forte. I've co-taught science. I've co-taught science and hurried up and got out of that year fast as I could. Um, but um, saw a lot of it. Um, what you're talking about, the students that you, you know, put over here and let them play a game, um, it's going to take a teacher at that campus that cares about the students and that are playing game, whether they're, whether they're your student or not, mm -hmm. to say that student has potential. Mm -hmm. And his potential is more than playing we today. And that student has potential for something. And to let all the students, you have potential for something. What's your potential? Yeah. You know, I was joking with... Um, uh, uh, someone at our house, and I, I, you know, with the behavior kids, I would tell them that, um, you know, the three rules in my class are listen, follow directions, and, you know, and, and I said, you know what, you have to do that even if you want to be a gang member. Because if you're supposed yep. to pick off the person in the right. blue car with the blonde hair, and you pick off the person in the red car with the black hair, then you still have to listen and follow directions. That's never going to change in your life. I don't care what it is that you want to be. Whatever it is that you want to be, you're going to have to do that. I don't care if you want to go to the grocery store and you have no money and, you, and, so, and your mom says, I need you to get bread, milk, cheese. You have to listen and you have to follow the directions. Because if you come back with a can of fruit cocktail and that's not what your family needed today, you stole the wrong thing. So some things in life don't change. They really don't change. And you might think you're going to change them, but let me see how that works for you. And let me know tomorrow if there's anything that you changed yesterday that that worked for you. Yeah. I'd love to know. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, it isn't. Wow. They can't think of anything. They can come back and say, well, you know, I had to do. Why did you have to do it? If you don't have to do anything in my class, why did you have to do that? Yeah, so what is it that you think you have to do? Let me know what it is that you think you have to do. You brought up a great point, and it's actually really scary when you think about it. These students are just being passed up and mm -hmm. then become adults mm -hmm. and, and come into the world. Children. Yes. I feel, I say it all the time. I say it all the time, and I'm sorry to call you out, UTA, but they are handing out degrees right now. It's been a cakewalk to get my degree. The only teachers that challenge me are the super, super elderly teachers who they're trying to force to retire, that don't give us three tries on all our exams with the answers showing on everything. They don't give us extra credit. They make us read. My other classes, I didn't even have to read my books, to be honest. I, I tell you all the time, right? A cakewalk. Now they're paying for students to go straight from high school at, into UTA, and they're just giving them degrees. Because it's a money game. It's a money We game. have, yeah. we don't want Free to Free tuition at UTA right now Education for low income. Education is a money yeah. game. Mm -hmm. It's a money game for um, McGraw-Hill and all the companies that provide the, the, the tools to learn. Yep. Because you have to get your tools from there. Mm -hmm. You have to get your tools from them. You was was say, that any of the oh, reason you know why you Parsons, that company that you got. a company yep. that I really like. Mm -hmm. I can't buy it from that company. Yep. Unless I buy it with my own money. Wow. Then I can do that. Yes. You know, attendance, having the kids, and I'm a special ed teacher, so I can tell you that every kid that's in special ed or has any special ed has a code. And different codes get more money. Yep. Get more money. If you're 71 and you're deaf, you're going to get more money than the kid for that kid that's coded a 41 that just needs resource. 
We like it that way. How do you think they pay for the bus, the attendant, the everything? And they're trying to code as many as possible, am I right? As many as possible. Yep. So they'll exaggerate the code in order to... Right, right. Like, like and, when it throw and, me and, in a media class. And you class. get more money per code. So, for instance, you're a minority student. You're a minority student. And you could be dyslexic. And now you ADHD. can be ADHD. And now you can be ED, emotionally disturbed. And I got lots of money from you. Where the regular student that sold to school today, only, we only made $9,000 for that student this year. But that kid that has five codes, oh, we made 20 on him. Because he's minority, he's dyslexic, he's an English-speaking first time, he's, um, we need those students. And as a, being a department leader for SPED, every month I have to go through all the students that are on the SPED role, and I have to verify, when I work for Arlington, I have to verify that they have been at school the days that the, that the attendance office says they were here. Wow. And that they have received the services that are on their IEP or whatever. And if they've been gone, that's fine. We don't have to put bite it. But if they were here, they had to give those services. Because you know why? We're going to build Medicare, Medicaid. We're going to build everybody we can that can pay for anything that student wants. It is a money game. Whether you are a regular ed, whether you are special, whether you are a color, whether you are not a color, you are worth money. It is more money to have a black student that is ED, emotionally disturbed, than it is for a white one. You get more money. So why not? So, you, so, so, so it's, it's easier to label people with depression, easier to label people with anxiety, yes. et cetera. Yes. So wait, so are, are schools... Counselors diagnosing kids? No. <laughs> how do you how do you diagnose them? For for kids that aren't coded. Mm -hmm. Just a normal smart kid that walks in the building is not worth as much as a kid that's got an issue. So part of the education system, I believe, is creating situational issues Mm -hmm. that get funding. And then what they do with that funding is not up to you. Like to be a Title I school, you have to have the majority of your school has to be on free lunch. Mm -hmm. Has to be on, that's it. Has to be on free lunch. Now, we all know that as minority students, you know somebody who's got a grandma that lives in, you know, Plano, but makes great money, but they have an uncle that has an address in Oak Cliff, and so we use that address, and now we got free lunch, we got free bus ride, we got free everything. And they think it's great for them, because we got everything free, We we got over. But actually, what you did is just give that school money that they're not planning to use for that for you. Wow. Or to help your classroom. Now, as a plug for Title I, I will say that if you work Title I right as a teacher, you can get lots of stuff. Mm -hmm. You can get lots of stuff. In fact, I worked it. Mm -hmm. 
I said, you know what? What Run do you want up. me to do? What Run do you want me to do with these kids? I got fi- I, I'm, I'm teaching fifth grade. It's an accountable year. You've given me I have 120 kids, and I've got 70 of them that never passed tax in third grade math. So what do you want me to do with them now? My principal says they need to pass. I mean, that's over 75% of them didn't pass the first time. Okay, I need stuff. So I you basically stuff. are getting incentives in order to... No, I need, I need blocks. I need this. I need that. I need it. an extra aid. I need... I start making noise. Squeaky wheels get noise. I start making noise. Give me the stuff I need. Get, and I ended up with an extra aid. I ended up with... And thank you for, for PTA for, for, for speaking up. Someone in there came, fulfilled, got a little change from it. Um, I've got English-speaking people. I mean, I've got a kid that came in from Turkey. <sighs> Turkey. Interesting. Who speaks Turkish? Yeah. Why is he in my class? So he, he got the he, that's that's some good codes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Why you like, He's on the extra page. And I'm saying he's not stupid. He's not stupid. He's not dumb. But we can't understand each other. But we can't understand each other. No, I'm not going to refer him to special ed. No, I'm not going. He has a language barrier. The language but God barrier, was good yeah. to me, and I had another student that was from Israel who did understand him. That's good. That's good. Now the break, the law break was that. We, on paper, they were on separate schedules, but in real life, they moved together. That's good. That's good. <laughs> they moved That's good. together. That's good. But it's, 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 so, for me, I, I didn't even know how deep free lunch went. I remember being in high school, and uh, I went to Timberview High School. The dynamic of my household was we lived a middle-class life check to check. And so, my mom never gave me money to go get food during the day. Mm-hmm. But I had a friend named Clifton who didn't eat lunch. And so Cliff would literally give me his code. Right that lunch lady called me Clifton. She thought mm-hmm. she thought my name was Clifton. I'm like, <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. I was Clifton to her. I was like, hey, what's mm-hmm. up, Clifton? You ready to eat? I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> every time. Mm-hmm. I, get, I get my red berry pizza and my strawberry milk. Mm-hmm. Every single, every single lunch, bro. I was a strawberry guy. You know what I'm saying? But that's single, a, that's a money like game that. too, because yeah. the department, the U.S. Department of Agriculture, runs the lunchroom. Yeah. So that's a whole other. Okay, okay. Game. What's, what's that mean? What's that mean? The, the, that the U.S. Department, Department of Agriculture, of Agriculture runs the lunchroom. Now you would think, what does agriculture have to do with? I don't get the it. School, the national yeah. school lunch program. So if you that's are a you farm, have to give them milk. yes. Your company partnered with them. You're going to buy that from their supplier. They require it. You're going to buy it from who they say you're going to buy it. You're not going to go to Kroger to buy that milk. You're going to buy it from whoever the Department of Agriculture says the National School Lunch Program at that school is going to buy it from. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have the flavors that they say that you can have. Mm -hmm. That's why you go to some schools and all they have is white milk. You go to other schools, they've got white chocolate. They got variety. Mm -hmm. Just depends. I was privileged, huh? Strawberry. It was, it, it was accessible. Yeah. Okay. In, right, in D, right. D, D. So I wanted to go back to what you were saying about codes, special mm-hmm. needs. She said she was an early um, education teacher. Yeah, I, I, me? Yes. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a therapist. Oh, I'm sorry. Someone right. was like an early education. I did that before. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. So I just wanted to bring up another issue that just it reminded me about funding and everything. So Mansfield just started a full-day preschool this year, but you have to qualify and guess what the qualifications are. Yes. So do you think that the – any – Child can get into preschool? No. No, you ain't getting free preschool. No. The only reason my child is in preschool is because they also have a standard for um, military families, and my husband was 
uh, is a Purple Heart veteran. So my son got in, but guess what class he's in? He's not special needs, but he's in a class with the English as a second language students, the special needs, because they grouped them all into one class together. But all but the funding. most pre-K programs in most public schools now, you have to qualify by being either low income, English as a second language. Yep. You can't just be. <laughs> right. You have to be able to be coded as something. Yes. Because if you're not coded as anything, you don't maximize the money. Yes. You don't maximize the dollar. Yes. Okay, so so with, 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 with that being the case, right, and this is me trying to view it from a, a gray outside perspective, unbiased and aspect, best I can, mm-hmm. would that not conclude that white people are being discriminated against to a certain degree? But white people are making the money off of the code. What, what, what I'm saying is, like, let's, let's, let's say there's somebody who is in the same area living, like, everybody got their one white kid in their school, mm-hmm. right? You know what I'm saying? So, obviously, they're not giving you any codes. But that family would be discriminated against when it comes to, like, the results and things like that, if, if that's what it is. So, they can actually pay. Right. So, if you don't qualify for these standards, you can actually still pay for your child to go to preschool. You're just not going to get the free through the public schools and however However, you can go to kinder care or other programs and you can see if you qualify for scholarships Mm -hmm. there that those entities and those those companies have for students you don't qualify for the public education free one okay No, preschool's horrible. And they're starting it too Wait, early what? at like three now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all doing too much right now. Preschool? No, no, she's correct. When I taught behavior class, I taught behavior for five years, um, and I taught a class that they had called CMC where this kid had been through choices and everything else, and now they have to be with me for a semester to see if I can change their behavior and send them back to regular school, or will they go on to the next behavior class? Um, so... When I get the child, the, the student's file, mm. 95%, if not higher, of my students that are in behavior, that are ED classified, started school at pre-K 3-2. And so the discipline level that they are able to get, and I will use my own kids as, as an example. If you would have, I have twin boys and I have a daughter. Um, if you would have told my sons to sit on a dot. They ain't going to do it. At three. Or they're not going to do it. And if you have them spend five, six hours with that type of discipline that day, and, and if they don't sit on the dot, what happens? They're labeled ED. <laughs> no, no, what happens to you? I mean, there is no next level of consequence if they don't obey your voice. And so the pre-K program is not really teaching students boundaries. Uh. It's not teaching them to identify um, other people and what their needs are and uh, get outside the realm of yourself. It is, it is a money-making. And if you notice, I'll say about mm, maybe 15 years ago, and especially in like Arlington and some of the mid-states, a bunch of elementary schools suddenly built these kindergarten and early childhood pods. And they had their own little separate building outside. And then you looked up, and all of the school district boundaries suddenly changed. Mm -hmm. So that some of those schools that were neighborhood schools that people that lived in the homes right there went there. Now this school now has 12 buses that bring kids to this school. And now this school is a Title Title I. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And back to your (laughs) question on the discrimination aspect of it. 
We don't see complaints about that. Nope. We no. don't have parents complaining about their kids not getting into preschool because I'm going to take it to history terms. The white man's burden, we got to help those kids, you know? Mm-hmm. So they don't even fight that they're not, that their children aren't getting in for any, um, they're, that they're being discriminated against. They're not even fighting that. Wouldn't that be well, good? because they wouldn't, wouldn't want their be kids to, but they don't want their kids to that. go to school with those kids. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're like so the white that's man's not burden. a fight that they want to mm-hmm. fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not a fight that they want to fight. Okay, so, so with, with the preschool knowledge and things like that, right? Um, what would you say is the... Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. What would you say is the, uh, with the preschool t- conversation, what would you say is the ideal situation for a parent to do? You know, like, hey, for these earlier years, keep them in the household, so, train them up, homeschool, yes. babysit, whatever. What, what would you say is the, the So the I didn't thing? want to, my kids to do pre-K-3. They tried to get us in, um, especially when we were considered low income, but I wouldn't do pre-K-3, right? <laughs> um, but I did pre-K-4 only because my son is the youngest of six. And he saw his siblings going, and he was ready. But mm-hmm. if he, my Carmen was not, we pulled her out of preschool, right? She was a crying mess. She couldn't do it. I felt better staying at home. But, of course, that's not feasible for everybody because we live in a world now where both parents have to work full time. It makes it really hard. So it's really a just got to find the balance in it. I, if, it, if, it if you can do it, just do half day for pre-K four. That if you have to, but if you have an opportunity to, even grandmas, if anyone can, you know, watch your kid and have That's them learn at say. home, uh, yeah. other extended family, other, it takes a village. Uh, yeah, the village that you know, but also in your village, education has to be a priority, mm-hmm. and education yes. has lost its priority. Yes. For a lot of people yes. and a lot of families, I don't care whether you're Hispanic, mm-hmm. Black, um, it has lost its value. Yep and its necessity and for some I, I, I when I taught junior high oh lord and I survived um, I had a student that um, would never do his work um, and in Arlington you can't spell a student with less than a 50 and I don't see how I can give a 50 if you've given me nothing so the requirement for my class is that you have to write your name on your paper and put it in the basket or you're not getting out of my room I'm going to make you late for every other class you ever have and every place you want to go. You can't leave my room until your name is on a paper and it's in the basket. Because at least I have something to put a zero on. <laughs> okay? But, um, or a 50 on. But anyway, the student wasn't doing his work. And every time I'd go by his desk, he was drawing. He was drawing. And I was like, stop it. I'd take his drawing paper. And I'm like, you can get it back after you do at least, you know, questions one, two, three or something. And so I left messages first. But my father finally called me. And he said, what's the problem? Is he, does he act up in your class? Is he bad behavior? No, he's actually a very quiet, you know, amenable student. Well, then why do you keep taking his stuff? Because he's not doing my stuff. Mm-hmm. So we'll trade. He does my stuff, I give him his stuff back. Hey, that works, okay? Well, the, this, this particular family had two or three booths at Trader's Village. And this young man, is, which is a very good artist, what he draws is the motifs that they put on people's pickup trucks. So what he's drawing in my class is he's for their business. For business. Wow. It's for their business. They make money as a family doing this. They see really no value in reading mm-hmm. English. There's no value in this for me. The value is in this drawing that he has on the paper. Mm-hmm. I have no value. Mm-hmm. Him getting a D and F, a G, or whatever in my class has no value. Wow. It has no value. It's not how they make money. It's not how they survive. It's just something to do during the day. So sometimes you have to look at the student and say, okay, that's valuable to you, and this is valuable to me. Can we trade? Hmm. Can we trade? Yeah. 
And it's developing that rapport to understand that I may have to meet him in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and this is a student, he never, ever did finish an entire assignment for me. Mm -hmm. Ever, ever, ever for the entire year. But if I can get five out of the ten I assigned you, I'll give you something and you give me something. Did I send him on to high school? Yes. Is it my pick my battles? Yes. Can you do that with every student? No. Yeah. But I think we've gotten to that point now that we've done that with so many students that they don't have any value in education and they at know all. it. They're but I, but not. I, I, I do think as, as I've been talking to my, my teacher friends in the past year that this school system is definitely different than the school system I grew up in. Mm -hmm. And it's catered more towards individuals. So I would say that is a win in how people are being educated. It's, it's, it's not just viewing students as students as a whole, but mm -hmm. students as students as individuals, mm -hmm. you know, and which I do think is important. Because if, all jokes aside, if I knew, not, not say if I knew I was gifted, but like I, I did not learn like other people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I, I just didn't. I was very non-attentive, you know right. what I'm saying? Like, But I, your parents didn't know to make noise and say, sure. I believe yeah. he's gifted. They yeah. accepted the evaluation that says, man, he's always getting in trouble in class. Well, here's the thing. Here's, mm -hmm. you know, here's, here's the funny part. Mm -hmm. I think that, I don't know, I, ne I never knew if my teachers knew what they were doing, but they would give me the full detention slip. And I'm like, if you're not going to take that little pink part off, yeah. I'm finna take this slip, throw it in the trash, and walk the hallway. Oh. That's him, feel me? That's all I did. That's, I did that every time. I was, I felt like it was like that was a teacher's way of saying, "Hey, bro, just get out. I'm not finna take the. I won't take. I don't gotta. I don't gotta follow you. You can do what you do. You know what I'm saying? It's our trade off. You know, I was. <laughs> it might have been at that time. Look, look, you might look, have been look, that look, one look, that look, like, it's, my, it's my last story. We're gonna compromise. It's my last story. <laughs> I was in, I was in my class with Mr. Hit, my 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 high school choir teacher. You know what I'm saying, Mr. Hit. Shout out to Mr. Hit. He's one of the people I wrote a letter to. I'm sorry, man. I I I for sure myself and a student named Simeon. We were the reason why he left MISD for sure. Easy. So, anyways, um, me and Mr. Hit had a little agreement. It was. Hey, because I was in choir from my sophomore year to my junior year to my senior year. By the time I started choir my senior year, he came to me and said, hey, Mitchell, look, what I'm going to do is all you got to do is show up to my class. I'm going to count you in attendance, and then you leave. If you do that, I'll give you a 95 for the school year. I said, you know what? That's not a bad trade. Wait, so literally. he said this to you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. To keep me out of class. Yeah, I would, I would, I would do, I would do competitions. I would do UIL still. I would sing on yeah. the like for the stuff because I was in, I was in choir. You know what I'm saying? Did you like to sing? Oh yeah, I loved it. I love okay. choir, but also I was a class clown. I, mm -hmm. I was yes. I, so nobody I, else could I love sing. choir because you were in there. Nobody else could love it. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was. I was. I was. I was. <laughs> look. I I will say the the, the trade off was, but he did get his last slide because he ended up giving me an eighty five. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't fight it because I'm like, but he. Ah, what, what am I going to tell the principal? Nah, we had a we had a guy, we had a trade. You know what I'm saying? It's like you know, but but in the day for me, it was it was just one of those things where um, understanding that because of whatever I was going through, whatever you know, and my dad told me like, hey, I, my my dad gave me a sit down. He said, hey son, 
I'm ADHD. Most likely, you're ADHD too. But I'm not going to let them drug you up because it's going to take away from your creativity. He's like, he's like, like never take away from your creativity and don't let them put you in a box. And I was like, all right. I didn't know what it meant as an elementary school kid. I'm just like, all right. You know, I most likely got ADHD. You know what I'm saying? You know. Most, most kids are on Ritalin because their parents are diagnosed with ADD, ADHD. They tried to put me on Ritalin. Wow. And parents don't demand if their kids are really are ADHD. They don't demand that the school counselor or someone else give them the tools to to control their ADHD. Once they get the medicine, they're ready to skate city. No, because I I don't want him to do this the rest of my life, his life. I want him to be able to know how do I focus? Yeah, I can't focus because he doesn't know what that means. So he's shooting the moon. But can you give them the tools to begin to you went to counseling, got your degree in counseling, can you show them how to focus? Hmm. Demand that they have that time. But again, the accountability of parents wanting to get the most out of the education that they have is very small. Caleb, did we just circle back to a conversation of discipleship? Yeah. Oh, oh. Is, that, is, that, is that we back at again? <laughs> one of the most necessary, thank you so much for that, first of all. I was about to say, one of the most necessary things for these kids is discipleship. Gotta have somebody training you up. And it, start, and it starts in the house. We got to have a youth ministry conversation one day. Cause hey, I, actually, all this hey. good for Miss Pat. Hey. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Talk to us. Hello, everyone. My name is Latrice. Um, I decided to not be a teacher, but I did get the degree. <laughs> um, but I want to speak as a kid who was actually on an IEP and I guess was coded and had no idea. Could you, could you describe what IEP is? Um, I can't say what it is. Thank you. I just know when I was a kid, they were like, you're on an IEP. Okay, so and special needs. Special needs. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, special needs. Gang, gang. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't leave me hanging. Anywho, um, my teachers recognized that I was smart. Um, I was always reading. They actually had me teach kids under grades under me, which is why I wanted to be a teacher. But I had behavioral. I was in third grade. They had me do first grade. So I was always reading ahead or whatever. But uh, I guess listening to you guys talk has been a revelation because I'm just like, every school I went to, they were like, yeah, you're on an IEP. So they would put me in a class with people who some of the students couldn't speak back to me. They were uh, very disabled. And it was just like uh, a self-esteem crunch because I was like, "Um, I'm very smart. We all know this. Why am I here? And they tried to put me on some medication. My mom said, no, of course. I'm so happy she did that. But I think, um, I think it's odd, of course, hearing this. And I'll talk to my sister later about this because it was such a big deal to me to not be in a classroom with my peers. I didn't understand it. And it had a... I'm sorry? Wow. Are you serious? So now it's changed. It's, wow. trying, it's a different, different dynamic. But keep oh going. Oh, my God. Keep going, keep different. going. 
So how, how, yeah. did, how did it affect you not being so there? So it was, it was tough, but I mean, hey, I still made it out. I think what I had to do was completely change my behavior. By the time I was in middle school, I was a teacher's pet. But I think understanding what, uh, what you guys are saying, the coding, makes a huge difference. I didn't realize it was such a big deal. There are so many kids or adults that I know now who have the exact same story as me, extremely smart, but they were coded, and that really impacts your learning ability. Yeah. Do, do you think there's a, like, possibly why you recorded was to actually help out the other kids? You know, I thought about that. No? Okay. <laughs> Ty's saying no. Don't, like, don't try to put me in the bracket no, no, with no, you. No, no, Ty was saying. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm not the problem. <laughs> I'm not the problem. No, I would, I would say. Bang. In bang, some instances, bang, because bang. I would complete my work really quickly, mm-hmm. but I also had a lot of pet peeves. I had, I did not like loud noises and clicking and smacking and you know children are just loud, and I did not like that. So some teachers, yes, some teachers would put me in like a cubicle in the back of the classroom, Aww. and they were very. I love those teachers because I was like, thank you. I still want to be with my friends, but they're being too loud. Right? Oh, you like the cubicle. I did. That's punishment for me. I did. I like to. I couldn't concentrate. Like you heard that, I'm like, oh man. (laughs) No, no. Was this in Texas? Was this in Texas? No, this was in Oklahoma. One hour in the hole. That's what that sounded like to me. In the hole. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I really appreciated it because I didn't like all those distractions because I needed to process everything, uh, especially yeah. when I was testing. And when kids are running around screaming and throwing stuff, I can't think. Yeah. So I appreciated that, but all in all, I'm happy that I know this stuff now. It would have been nice to know that when I was a kid to help me see that there wasn't a, an actual problem with me. I was still smart enough to do the job. It just really had a really, yeah, yeah a pretty, pretty bad impact on my self-esteem as a kid. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Even though you were servicing other students. Yeah. Wait. So you have time in that room. Right. And yeah, so out of part. your 360 school minutes, yeah. you need 45 minutes yes. of that being special ed. So if you were in a special ed room helping another kid read, you got your IEP time. Wow. Are you serious? So it was one hour in the hole. Yeah, see, 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 see. That's that's that pipeline, right? You know what I'm saying? Prepare you, prepare you for what's coming. So I wanted to kind of, you mentioned like early, you know, um, like childhood intervention, like preschools and everything. So, I mean, I mainly have looked at studies where preschool can actually be helpful. Um, So that was kind of news to me that there's studies that are saying it's not. But I guess maybe also depends on what like preschool program you're a part of what that looks like. I've, I've only mainly taught, I've done preschool for the past seven, I've done preschool for the past like seven years. And it, like the first one was at a, uh, it was at a place where it was government like funding was coming through. Completely different families, kids compared to my following school, which was a private school. Like predominantly white at the private school, predominantly black at the government funded. And the government funding one was 
overly packed with a lot of kids. Like you, you really had no time really to like teach. It was, it was weird. It was very, very. It was weird for me, and I had to follow what they said. Now at the private school, I c- I can make up whatever I wanted. I can make what, which was awesome for me because I got to we got to talk about Martin Luther King. We got to talk. We got to talk about so many. I got to talk about this with three and four year olds, like helping them have skills to regulate their big emotions. Like we spent so much time on that, you know, and. Like we're they they are well adjusted now, but those were all the mainly the Wayne White kids. So now at school I work now. Um, I'm not a teacher just because I'm in school still, and um, it just I just knew it wouldn't be beneficial for me to be a teacher. But I'm in like enrollments and stuff. So it is again the school is mainly mainly white kids. So I I mean they don't know that I do this, but I do try to have a lot more kids of color come in. Can, you know, I don't not let the white kids come in, but I definitely you don't encourage. just... Hmm? You encourage. I absolutely encourage because if that wasn't there, they would look at these kids that Ethiopian background, Nigerian, whatever, like, whatever, and be like, oh, they they're not speaking yet and they're this age. You know what I mean? Because they come from a household, it's, it's multiple language. You know what I mean? So it is going to be different. They wouldn't let them in. They're, it's already judgment. You know, I have to um, constantly go into classrooms because the teachers are like, oh, he's bad, you know, because he doesn't want to sit on the dot. I'm like, what person wants to sit on a dot? Like, it, it's just, I have to constantly, seriously, I have to constantly, oh, my goodness, bubble. The bubble in your mouth, hands behind your back. Oh, what? I'm telling you, hands behind your back. Yeah, Chris or it's bubble. like jail. I ain't did none of that. I popped the bubbles. Well, and I so crisscross applesauce. I truly, my hands was everywhere. So I am thankful because <laughs> no, really, I am thankful because I have that background working with kids, and I just, I just know that kids are different. But then that's my day job. At night, I, do, I am a therapist, and so I didn't know. Talk, like listening to you guys tonight, it makes so much sense about the codes because. I'm one of the few therapists at my site that we that will see children like um, under ten. Nobody, other, all the other therapists will not see children under ten. Yes, it's really hard, and I didn't. So child therapists, are, so your position is actually rare. <laughs> yeah, but not because I'm I'm, I'm studying marriage family therapy. So not because I want to be a child therapist, but because I I work with kids, so I know that that's in my wheelhouse. I was like, of course, I'll see anybody. Like I'm here to help anybody, and so I get all of the kids. When I tell you, I did not know that, like, I was going to get referrals for four-year-olds, five-year-olds, saying that they're ADHD, they're, they have this and that. Parents are so willing to medicate them, it breaks my heart. And I'm with them. I see them weekly, and I'm like, there's nothing, nothing wrong. I mean, he needs to he's learn four. how to. He needs to, he's a four-year-old. He's, he's a four-year-old. Like he's supposed to be doing this. They're supposed to be like this. It's, it's, it's mind-boggling just how willing they're. And, and luckily, some of them will look to me. I can't explicitly say, no, don't put them on medication. But that's pretty much what I, what I would recommend. I'm like, let them work with me. And a lot of times, they pick it up. It's, it is nothing of the child. It's just them being a child. And we have expectations of children that we barely even have for ourselves. It's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So I just kind of wanted to, wanted to speak on that. I, I think that... Do you I, feel like a lot of parents send kids to school so the school can parent them? Absolutely. Um, That is one of the big... That's a huge argument that I have that our our schools are basically becoming daycares. The school days get longer, if you're noticing that. Um, They're eating breakfast and lunch there, and then there's the kids who are in the after-school programs. They're there till 6. Not all of these parents are working. (laughs) Not all of them. I speak in that Kroger. Yeah. 
<laughs> yes, it's sad. Mm-hmm. It's sad. But especially when you have the the Title One schools that provide it for free, so you also get the after school for free. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely one of the incentives for a lot of the kids I knew at Title One schools to go to school was you get. Three, two meals a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so sure. it's, it's, like, it's like, yo. That's how they promote the it, actually. Yeah. That's literally your child may not eat if you're not there. So during the pandemic, what did we have? The school summer program. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We even got money. We are not at a Title I school. Um, we're not low income. We don't qualify for those things. Yeah. If your child had COVID, you got that money. Like, the government found a way to incentivize it, for sure. Wow. Yes. All right. This conversation has been great. I am a teacher. Um, up in the North Dallas area, and I've been teaching for 10 years. My name's Autumn, and um, there's just so many things that y'all said. So, Street, you are considered twice exceptional, so you can just encourage yourself even more. Um, (laughs) You feel me? Wait, twice? I will. So so I'm just going to... twice? I'm going to sit here, and you're just going to be able to kind of see education in a different viewpoint because, yes, there's so many things we can complain about, and hearing it, it's true, it's valid. However, as an educator, I do have to stand up for some things that I'm hearing that it's like just changing your perspective on things because we have to remember that it's not just education. It's our world, right? And we as the adults get to paint the picture for what our kids are experiencing. And I just think that so many parents themselves have feel so jaded by the world that they then put it on their children. So then we as educators get to kind of almost we have to change the narrative for how these kids are experiencing life. And that's why I think as an educator, I get that opportunity. I get the opportunity to let my kids come into the classroom. Granted, I teach elementary. They're little. But, like, that's when they're literally building, like, how to be able to communicate, how to regulate their emotions, right? Like, instead of just screaming at mom and dad or mom and dad having arguments, being able to say, I need to take a deep breath right now. All right, everybody. We're going to take a deep breath because I'm frustrated. And using my words like that because so many adults can't. All right, sit spots. I have to say something about that. So sit spots walking in the hallway. <laughs> sit spots. The dot. The dot. The dot. Yeah. Okay. the dot. All right. And the reason behind it. There's a reason behind it. It's not just the hammer sit on your spot. That's not it at all. If you think about we in the world today, you get on your car and you're driving down the street, do you want somebody coming into your lane, swerving back and forth? Because those are the people who can't drive, and they're the ones having the car accidents. So when we're in the hallway, in the school, the reason why we're asking them to walk in a line, not bubbles and ducktails, don't do that. We don't do that at all. Don't hold your breath. I tell my baby, smile. You can do finger waves. You can breathe. You can walk normal. But spinning, hopping, jumping is going to run into somebody else. So that when you become an adult, you're going to be one of those people in the streets driving like a maniac because you didn't even follow the expectations on being able to walk correctly in a hallway. We're teaching little things that are actually going to benefit them later on. Now, sitting in your spot, like that's kind of wiggly, but if you think about when you're in a plane or when you're like in a bus, like those are actual things that we're teaching like, hey, this is actually your spot, honey. You need to stay here because you can't get in their spot. When you own a house, you cannot go into my property. This is my space don't come over to my desk so to be able to teach them these things you just have to shift your mind and thinking oh my gosh my kids being told to do this it's like actually we're teaching them lifelong skills that maybe you're not even a doing in your life right so like bear with me on some of these things because I just see it in such a different perspective and it's like almost viewed as so negative but there's so many positives if you're able to see it like how am I regulating my emotions 
You know, how am I being able to model, okay, honey, I know your teacher's asking you to do this, but it goes back to the parents. It goes back to the home. So, like, I'm so grateful that you are so involved with your PTA. Granted, I've been blessed by an amazing PTA. I'm in a very, very, very amazing district, amazing school, so many resources. It's beyond my wildest dreams. Like, it really is. But it also, I also see the flip side of it too, parents who can't participate, who don't want to participate, who aren't available. And that just like really hinders their child. And somebody's right before I came up here, it was like, do you feel like you asked the question, that's what made me stand up? I was like, yes. Do you feel like parents send their children to school for teachers to teach them? Unfortunately, that happens more often than not. So many parents are so consumed with their lives. It's like when you choose to bring a child in this world, that's your responsibility. And it comes back to the discipleship. Yes, taking your kids to church, getting them in the word, letting them know what's happening. Because, I don't know, y'all talk about Jesus. Jesus is it, all right? Amen. So when we are frustrated about things, when we know that things aren't working, like clearly I can't vocalize the Lord in my classroom. However, I know for a fact that like we can complain and be frustrated all day long. But when we know what can we take ownership of, I love how you're able to be the cool, awesome teacher at your school. Those kids need you so, so much, right? And I think that we choose our hard. You choose your hard. And when it's really, really hard, and if you can manage it and do really good at it, that means you're called for it. But if you're going to just, like, be so angry about it, then that is time to go. Leave. Leave the profession. Because if there's so many more teachers that are just angry and grumpy about it all the time, our kids don't need that. I don't need that. Because that's not worth it. That's just like parents. You chose to have the child. You have to take the responsibility for being mommy and daddy. Right? So I just think that sometimes the responsibility needs to be flipped back on. This is my responsibility. This was my choice. And if they're my choices, I have to own them. Right? And they're little people. If they're under the age of 18, they're considered not an adult yet. So we get to be the adults. We get to step up. We get to, that's right. That PTA parent should be going to jail. Like, that's crazy. You cannot steal and just be like, oh, it's okay. Like, no, because when you become an adult, steal all you want right now, baby, because right now you're in elementary school, so the consequence is something small. But you grow up, you go into jail. That's how it works, right? And that's the cause and effect. So um, I just had to jump up there because when you said the parents and the teachers, my kids will sometimes say, Mommy? And I'm like, oh. And they're like, oh, no, you're not Mommy. But it's because we treat them like that. A true loving teacher is going to take your child into their classroom and start to love them like their own. And if there are teachers out there who don't do that, they do need to go. They need to go. And it doesn't matter what your principal says. It doesn't matter what anybody else is around. If you have the heart and the passion to be a teacher, you need to be the teacher. But if you don't, you do need to go because everybody else is going to make noise, but you have to be grounded in your choice as I'm an educator, this is my career, this is my passion, I love these kids, and I'm going to grow them for the best adults they can be. So I just wish that more and more people could realize that educators are doing their darndest, right? And we want parents to come come beside us. But if the parents aren't, then guess what? That's my calling. I get to make that impact. So Street, you're right. You've had some teachers that may have sent you out the room for a little bit, you know, but probably so. You had that one teacher who really spoke into you, right? That you said you was able to write the note. And I think another person said that they... It was the same teacher. Yes. It was the same guy. 
Yeah, yeah. Like so, I, 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 I look back and I'm, I'm like, man, I like the, 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 the matter of fact. Y'all want to, y'all want to, y'all want to see? It? <laughs> I would love to hear it. Yeah. So let me see. Um, let me see, Mr. Hit. <laughs> of course he he. It was it was one of those things. It, it said scene, but he replied to like two years later. You know what I'm saying? I said, uh, "Hey, Mr. Hit, this is January 12, 2014." While reflecting back on my past high school experiences, some of our greatest ones came out. Some of my greatest ones came out of your class. Now, although very immature, inappropriate, and at the time funny, I'm not talking about the pranks and tomfoolery. I'm talking about the amazing love and appreciation for the arts and music that you have shared with us. Amazing teachers like you and Miss Hale, that was my elementary school choir teacher, instilled a deep passion and training for skills that I've seen people in college lose sleep from. After dealing with a group of kids from my own, I have learned what it's like to be frustrated from seeing so much potential slowed down by immaturity. Mm. And that life lesson brings me to you with a sincere apology. I hope there isn't still any bitterness or even anger towards me. And understand that looking back, I was in no way ignorant of the annoyance I brought you on the day. The day. Day in and day out. You are truly a spectacular teacher of music and more so life. You cared for each and every one of your students. And that care was genuine and heart touching. Once again, thank you, Mr. Hit. I wish you the best as you continue on in life. And the next time you get a Simeon Griffith, Matt Stroh, or the hell of a Mitchell West, know that even at times where it wasn't shown, you gave us countless memories and continued heart for music. I love so, that. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that so much. Two and years later, he replied. He's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> the one word. He's like, <laughs> he said, oh, let me He's like, on this. I need to process. <laughs> yeah, he had, he had to go to therapy about that one. <laughs> He's like, you know, right I, I, I could feel the, the eye twitch. <laughs> and one other thing I just have to say, too, like, even with this podcast and seeing you, Street, and Caleb, you're so talented as well. You know, being able to see what y'all guys produce and make is just, like, phenomenal. And to be able to take your time and go pour back into our community is what's needed, right? Because there are so many young, like, little black boys and little black girls who don't have role models that are doing big things, you know? And, like, yes, you can relate to them. Like, yeah, did you wiggle a lot, too? I, wiggle, I wiggled a lot, too. You know, and being able to just be that model for them and, like, going into finding your local school. Hey, do you need people to come read with kids? Because I would love to do that. I would love for you to come and be a guest reader in my classroom. You know, like, I'm not kidding. Am I SD? So it's, it's oh you're North, you're North, North Dallas, Dallas. North indeed, Dallas. indeed yeah up north pick a day yes we pulling up because street hymns coming to listen, street love the kids but listen street <laughs> okay, I have okay, a student okay. I have a student and we he goes he does his beatboxing all that all that he does it so good and you can you just did it earlier it was so good and we say vertices make the V vertices make the V and he starts beatboxing for us and I'm like oh, you are going to be something so big someday and he just has all the little wiggles in the world you know and I'm like I just it's just so powerful to know that whether or not you were given all those experiences that when you do get the opportunity to see a parent parenting Praise them for it. When you see a single mom, give them the encouragement, you know, and just, like, remind them, hey, I know you're doing the best. I was raised by a single mom, okay? I get it. And when I hear teachers say, well, they didn't come in with a breakfast, they probably didn't get a 
breakfast made with their with the eggs and the skillet and everything. They probably were just pushed out the door. So if you really think they need a breakfast, how about you bring some eggs and make them a breakfast? You know, it's just like being able to see it from a different perspective and knowing that we all do come from different backgrounds. So when you can just stop complaining about everything and say, what can I do about it? Which this mom over here has done so much. You know, like really caring for her kids and the teachers that support her kids because she knows that when her babies go in there, when you send your babies off, I mean, you're literally saying, okay, take care of my baby for eight hours a day. And to be able to say, I know if there's just so much more to it, but if you get the opportunity, thank your teachers and just praise parents because parents, it does take a village and it is a lot. Teacher Appreciation Week is coming up in May, by the way. (laughs) Yes. But I just wanted to say, um, to back her, um, that's exactly why I wanted to come today, is not to say screw the public school system, but to make you guys aware that there are still a lot of issues, and yeah. we actually do have the power to do something about yes. it. And it, you do not have to be a parent. You don't. The community is allowed to get involved in these issues, to testify at the Capitol, to join it's, PTA. It's voting. It's voting in yes. your your. Like, it's you pay the taxes city. for it. Yes. Even if you don't have a kid, though, it's your tax money as well. Every time so. they have an election. Exactly. And it's going on right now, the legislative session. So just go look at what bills are going around. I mean, there's a lot. Ask your child's teacher what they care about. Yeah. See what see what you can and do. And it's for your also child. too something that ugh, I have to say one comment is like when they do like backpack drives and stuff, like know which school you're going to. Don't just say, Oh, we're gonna do a backpack drive. Okay, well which school is the backpack drive going to and like what are the needs that are actually like on the school supplies list? Yeah. Because sometimes we do get things and it's like, I don't need this. Like, I need more glue. The kids eat the glue. Like, the glue's just gone. Like, we don't know where the glue goes. The glue disappears, right? You know, so there's just, like, specific things. Like, we don't need a bunch of notebooks. Like, honestly, there's specific things to be able to know, hey, we want to do a drive, but let's find a school and know what are the things that your teachers actually need. Maybe we need whiteboards. Maybe we need expo markers. You know, it's not just your typical, you know, or tissues. Honestly, that's kind of a big thing, too. Lysol wipes. They had an episode of Abbott (laughs) on that. Yeah, it was a school supply. It's a real thing. It's It's a real thing. And you know what? Your Title I teachers are not going to ask for it because they feel bad. They don't think that people are able to give it. And I can tell you at my Mansfield schools, the teachers have never had a problem saying, this is our whole Amazon list, and they always get their whole list covered. So Mm -hmm. definitely reach out to your Title I schools if you want to help out. Appreciate you. All I was going to say was, it's like, as you were talking to, again, like, my mom just comes up and just so many stories. Because, like, uh, just talking about the impact that teachers really make on these kids, especially when they have the thought process of, like, this is a third grader, fourth grader, but, like, they have their life ahead of them. What can I do right now that's going to help them later? You know what I'm saying? Like, my mom had, she was a ninth grade uh, reading teacher at one point. My mom had gangbangers come back three, four years after they graduated, like, looking for my mother because of the stuff that, like, she did, you know what I'm saying, and how she loved them well, you know what I'm saying? Like, even, you never, you really don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, you would, like, there was some kid, there was one kid, he came straight from the Army, literally had just came back, went straight to Lake Region High School just to go see her because she had the thought process to love him well while he was there, you know what I'm saying? So, again, shouts out to these teachers who got these kids in mind and they're like, their they're life in yeah. mind, not just this moment oh, yeah. in mind, oh, but their yeah. life in mind, man. <laughs> Thank you. I was just going to say, man, shout out to the good teacher, man. First, 
Um, but just, man, giving teachers, like, they flowers, bro. Um, I think I was talking to Street and you recently. I went back um, to my art teacher, Miss Juanita Landry. Um, I'm riding through the city. I hear the Lord, like, go see your art teacher. I'm like, huh? So I pull up. Now, of course, like, violence is running rampant. Students are different. They threatening teachers. So I'm thinking I'm about to just walk in the building. Like, nah, you can't just walk in here no more. Like, you got to send an email. So I sent an email. She emailed me back in, like, 30 minutes. She was like, this must be divine intervention because, like, I just randomly seen your artwork, like, on social media last week. So, yeah, it was crazy. So, like, crazy. So we ended up – I hadn't seen it years. Um, randomly uh, ended up doing, like, a – Small, like, interview with her. Um, that turned into, like, come see my kids. Come speak to my kids. Um, so I got to speak to, like, all the AP students in her class, Advanced Placement Art, um, and inspire them. And she told me that she said at the coffee shop when I was interviewing her, she said, and I could have cried, bro. She was like, I've been, when I got into teaching, I got into teaching, you know, teachers come up, like, I'm about to just change just the world you know if your dream depends on how big your dreams are right um but depending on your heart posture great teachers come in like i'm about to do something and then you get in class and it's like oh this is not what i thought it was gonna be or it's more challenging than what i thought it's gonna be so she's sitting back and she's like man all these years i just thought i just never did nothing I didn't think I planted not one seed. I didn't think I bared no fruit. And for a student who I begged, I fought her. You know how my relationship was with God already. You know, that's a bad. So it's like, with her, it's like, I fought to, like, you just want to draw, draw, draw. I'm like, Tony, you need to paint. You need to paint. Every day. I'm talking about months. You need to paint daily. I'm just like, no. And my mom went through a divorce. Went through depression. I'm talking about losing hair. I'm talking about, I saw my mom go through the worst. And my coping mechanism became painting. She stayed on me. And the crazy thing is she said, um, I, when I saw you, I knew you were going to be a child prodigy. So she didn't, so now I'm also explaining to her, I'm like, an art. And I was like, I, I didn't even know that my art would go global when my stuff went viral, these paintings and things like that. I mean, music, that's set aside, but just staying on just art alone. It's like, who am I to not, like, make a, a conscious decision to come give you your flowers? Because what would I be without art? What would I be without you challenging me every day to continue to paint? Because I always was the eyeball in school. I always was like, well, what, why, why am I here? What am I doing here? I'm struggling in math. It's so funny, Pat. I had a teacher. She grabbed my uh, sketch pad off my desk, and I cried in her class because I was like, I just... I can't fathom math. Like, my mind is just, my mind is so here in art that I just couldn't comprehend math. So to have, you know, that one teacher um, make such, so much of that impact, bro. Because, like, now parents hit me up on Instagram. Hey, like, I'm seeing, I want to teach my kid how to paint. Send me some tutorials. It's like that one seed. And sometimes we overlook, like, bro, like, maybe it was just that one seed. That can impact so many different people, man. So I just want to say shout out to the good teachers. What's her name again? Miss Juanita, Miss Juanita Landry. Miss Juanita Landry, yeah. you did change the world. Okay. <laughs>
Indeed, your stuff went global. Let's get it. I may not change the world, but I spark the mind it does. Tupac, you feel me? Any, any last words, Mr. Lala? Just, just get involved. I mean, it's only going to get worse if some bills go through this legislative okay, session. Step, give, give me, give me the, the two to three steps. It's like, hey, if you, if, because we got a podcast as well, they're listening on the audio. What immediate steps could somebody, simple steps could somebody take to say, you know, man, I'm hearing this. I'm passionate. I don't want to let this be something that dies out quick. What are some immediate steps somebody can do? I want y'all to ask a teacher what bill they care about this semester, this legislative session, I'm sorry. And the second step, I want you to actually email. You don't even have to call. If you want to call, if you want to go in their office, go for it. Just email your state representative or senator about how you feel about it because those people get scared that you're not going to vote for them again. So if they see you start contacting them, they're going to try to make you happy. And the more of us that do that, the more we're able to get things done from your teacher. Um, that's the first thing. Second thing, just ask your Title I school in your neighborhood, or I'm not saying your neighborhood that you live there, but if the closest Title I around you, just see what they may need. Just add all. And even if you can't get it, all I do, I cannot afford to just give teachers money. But I turn around and I make fundraisers, GoFundMes, anything I need to, to get something to those teachers. Focus on your Title Ones. Please do. <laughs> hey, look, shout out to this amazing today. session. Look, if Went you got a today, teacher, if you have a Miss Coburn, if you have a Miss Huffenbein, if you have a Mr. Hit, if you have a Miss Hale, if you got a teacher, matter of fact, everybody on this podcast listening or watching me right now, hit up the teacher that made an impact in your life. Find them on Facebook and give them their flowers. Give them their flowers, for real, for real. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times the Lord will encourage you in moments where you're discouraged by showing you the seeds you've sown that you forgot you even sown. You know what I'm saying? So that is that. Shout out to Mr. Lila for coming out. Maybe next time you'll come out and talk about men's rights activists. But we go get on that. And as always, this was another episode of Black Man Do Talk where we have overdue conversations from a black man's perspective. Shouts out to our live audience. We love y'all. See y'all.